0: Okay, just please try to remember the name of the podcast we were just on, because I'm going to call it Pandas and Panels, or <laughs> okay, Pod- okay. Podcasts and Patchouli, that's I don't so, know
1: what it's That's called. so cute, why would I correct it? <clears throat> Hi everyone and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick.
0: I'm Ian Booth.
1: Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. And welcome to another show, everyone. A show we're recording on a Saturday, the same day it's being released. That's that's called What is What a Schedule. This is my Dave, fourth
0: this is my fourth podcast of the week. It's pretty good, but we're recording this one on S A T U R D A Y Night. That's absolutely right. Alright, so what are your four podcasts you've done this week?
1: I did uh fansplanners. Okay. I did Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Love it. (laughs) I did a a different podcast from what we normally do, which is called uh, Panels and Pages.
0: Sounds made up. Go ahead.
1: And then I am currently in the midst of, at this very moment, recording a little podcast I like to call Sneaky Dragon. Nice.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm doing the Babette's uh, Feast Minute, where we uh, break down Babette's Feast minute by minute.
1: It's about time.
0: Yeah, and then as we get to the actual feast, uh, we eat uh, whatever is uh, in that minute. Oh, that bad, bad is.
1: I did that with the 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 cook and his wife, the thief, the cook and his wife. That ended very badly, very badly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when nice. we, well, we had to, to eat what, what they else? were eating, it. Yeah, know. it turns out turns out it's murder. Oh no! Yeah, I know it's all right.
0: What's on, what's on the? That's what should be on the poster. What's on the menu? And then question mark murder.
1: <laughs> turns out, but more in my voice. Turns out it's murder.
0: <laughs> nice
1: i think i should start doing trailers
0: hey here's a question for you let's Aww. start off with ian asking dave a question sure what was the first yeah most what was the first popular would you say yeah murder mystery
1: oh that's a good question actually but i guess it would be the murders of the room Morgue by edgar Allan poe would be your first example of a murder mystery with a with a kind of um quirky detective who comes mm-hmm. in and solves a case that you know it's actually kind of a it's kind of um a bizarre and kind of a silly murder cuz it actually is um, spoilers everyone for the story from hundred hundreds of years ago uh it was uh <laughs> it was a gorilla that murdered the person oh wow so it's kind of a locked room mystery like how did this mis- how did this criminal get access to this person's uh apartment or hotel room i think it's an apartment mm-hmm. uh high in the sky and then uh it turns out it's a gorilla that did it
0: I think That's a pretty, that is a pretty bold uh, twist for the first <laughs> one of these.
1: Yeah, it seems kind of, is that, is that what, like, they, was just, is this the start of this really? Is this, I, I really don't, I can't think of any other like murder mystery stories. Let,
0: let me say what I'm picturing right now. I'm basically picturing a drawing room and all these classy people and then sitting on the couch also is a gorilla. And then the, and the detective is walking around going like, one of you was a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and the gorilla's
1: mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. like, yeah,
0: like, okay, you're quiet, gorilla. Uh, let me let me go through the evidence. We found banana peels, which <laughs> you, the gardener, seemed to enjoy growing that banana tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we found a lot of gorilla feces, which, of course, you, the German chef, uh, enjoyed for the scatological entertainment of it.
1: <laughs> That's right. You've been collecting gorilla feces for some time now we found a great deal of gorilla fur laying around and as we all know lady hastings jacket or coat is made of has a gorilla fur lining hmm it's all very puzzling
0: and so we think it was a suicide <laughs> then the gorilla just throws up his hands <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a
2: confession. <laughs> it
1: seems to me this murder could have been done by a gorilla. A gorilla would not be intelligent enough to be able to... <clears throat>
0: now, did the, let me just ask, did the gorilla do this of their own volition, or was the gorilla trained by someone else to commit this murder?
1: I, You know what? I don't remember that aspect of the story. I'm, I'm sorry, it's been a while. been a while since I read that book. Um, I read a, I read a collection of Edgar Allan Poe short stories when I was younger, and that was one of them. You know, well, that's with... very, very... The fall of the House of Usher. And there's a weird one, which is like a really long description of this, like a vortex at sea or some sort of like whirlpool. I don't know. I can't remember what it was now, but it was like this really long, actually kind of boring story about, about this ocean thing. And I don't even remember the story that well because I just remember reading it and just being like, when is this going to end? Oh my God. It's like reading Thomas Hardy's description of the Heath.
0: Now it's like... uh I, I just picture Edgar Allan Poe's editor. And mm-hmm. the editor is like, you know, whatever the next story brings in, I got something you'll love. Here, It's called a Telltale Heart.
2: And he <laughs> listens to the
0: whole thing. It's a guy, and he gets uh, upset with his uh, neighbor. Yeah. And he, thunder, and he hears the heart. And the editor's like, love it. Where's the gorilla in this
1: one? <laughs> That's right. and then
0: the gorilla bursts <laughs> in and digs the guy up and goes, ah, is that what happens? Like, no, no. There's it's-
1: no gorilla in this one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, all right. It's called The Pit, The Pendulum. I love it. So, The Pendulum's being held by a gorilla? That's right. I'm like, no. Oh, come on, man. We hired you for the gorilla angle. That's what people like.
1: <laughs> Quote the gorilla. Nevermore. I remember that poem you wrote. Okay. Yeah, I changed, I changed I raven- changed that one. Yeah.
0: To to what? What do you change to it to? Raven. A raven? <laughs> well, no one wants ravens. This is a gorilla thing. Oh. When
1: you're reading for Gorilla Quarterly...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep. No, I love it. That's great.
1: <laughs> Poor Edgar and Poe. He shouldn't have signed that long-term contract with Gorilla Quarterly. The, now, has the fall this, of the House of Gorilla.
0: Has it ever been made into uh, like a film or anything like that?
1: The murders of the Mark? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's been made into an Iron Maiden song, but uh, <laughs> has it been made into a movie? I don't know. Yeah. I, I imagine. I don't see why it wouldn't have. Because like, uh, it
0: feels like uh, in American International. Yeah, in the 30s, they had nothing but gorilla suits, right? <laughs> like, like, everyone had a gorilla suit. Like, there's so much gorilla action going. I don't know where they all came from, but they but they had them.
1: Yeah, but it actually was more in the in the early 60s that they went through. Like, it was American International and Roger Corman, who went through um, a real Poe phase. They did The Pit and the Pendulum and The Fall of the House of Usher and The Mask of the Red Death. They did a whole bunch of different films. Uh, I think they even, like, incorporated The Raven into into one of them. Mm. Uh, as a as a as a bit oh what's what I was looking it up with and I wrote in the murders of the pendulum because I <laughs> that's not what I was
0: thinking of. Well, there is multiple murders with a pendulum. That would be something.
1: A nineteen 19- because like, nineteen thirty-two film.
0: Okay, oh, good, good, good.
1: So there you go right in the thirties. This you said, and and there the poster gives it away. It has a <laughs> it has the gorilla there. Who would have been outraged? By
0: way, I apologize for opening a uh, soft drink. There, done.
1: You it's over. you should. What a terrible poster! Oh my gosh.
0: The murders of the Rue Mort. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry to be typing. I'm gonna type real fast. Uh, murders of the. I apologize to everyone for the clickety clack.
1: <laughs> all everyone just imagines you're you're tap dancing.
0: There we go. Now I'm looking up. I don't want to see that uh, image of the, of this. I just love this that this was a this was, this was an ape that committed this uh, murder. Wow. So uh, so they got a full length movie out of this thing.
1: I think they must have done a little bit of padding because it was a short story. It's basically just like a, a locked room mystery with a with kind of the a, kind of a proto yeah. a proto uh, Sherlock Holmes as as the uh you know there was like a character sort of like an investigate an investigator using his uh powers of deduction to figure out exactly uh Pierre um no what's the name of the what's the name of the uh oops bang what's the are name you ta-
0: are you talking are you talking about Poirot
1: no, i was wondering what the name of the detective is in it, but it doesn't seem to be here oh. in the uh in the description. It has absolutely nothing to do with the with the book.
0: Okay. Uh now, the narrator is unnamed.
1: Mm hmm. Based on I would say it's it's no more based on the Murders of the Room Org is this show is based on Murders of the Room Room Yeah.
0: What's the was the detective called DuPin? Is yeah. Uh
1: I thought okay. it was I thought it was something like that, but but I feel like they've sort of changed it around. Uh but I don't have the I don't have the story here. Like I say, it's been a while since I I, I no, read. No, that's
0: okay. But that is cool to to know that, that like if that was the first kind of murder mystery.
1: Yeah, it was Dupin. See I mean, Auguste Dupin is the man of Paris who solves the mystery of the brutal murder of two women. Okay. First published in Graham's magazine in eighteen forty one. It's been described as the first modern detective story. Ah. Now whether that's oh, the that's first th- mystery, that's different because yeah, that's different Because the there was version. there was like the gothic the gothic novels of the like the turn of the 18 like the 1700s into the 1800s there was a very popular uh series of books but i don't know like how many of those dealt with actual murder or were more like the sort of um heightened heightened emotion you know with uh with ghosts and and things like that rather than actual murders although ghosts could be the result of murder that's true
0: i i now of course thinking of uh you know the very first murder mystery would be uh, the first murder, which is you know Cain, uh, <laughs> Cain and with that then God, and then with God that, going with uh, that great de- with that great character,
1: guy? the great detective character God. Yeah, no, I will that, use my little gray cells <laughs> to figure out who murdered Cain, or is it Abel? Who murdered one of these characters?
0: Do you know who did this? What, what am I, my brother's keeper. I, I guess. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't uh, know. No, I'm merely a Belgian detective. I cannot.
0: No, you're just God with a mustache.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? I am from Belgium. There's no Belgium yet, by the way. Oh, you've got me. I, I get times mixed up because it's all one to me.
0: So in the in the Bible, uh, first of in all, the he Bible, does. You know the Bible. You've read, you've read it. The
1: mighty um, Bible. <laughs> Bible. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> The
0: lion sleeps uh, tonight. <laughs> um, I don't think that's how the song goes. So uh, uh, God says to Cain, uh, where's your brother? Bring me and this. Then, oh, yeah. And then he goes, uh, "What am I? My brother's keeper." And then it, at that point, does God go, "I know you did it," or does Cain confess to it?
1: Um, I think or Cain. Does, I or think or Cain Steve
0: gives. In and I, say, I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> that's
1: right. He comes in. Yeah, see, No, I think. Uh, I think he confesses to it. I. Mm. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Because what do I know?
0: And he knew murder was bad, right?
1: Sorry. Uh, sorry. Say that again. Did was, he know
0: murder was bad? Was murder yes, a bad thing? Yes,
1: murder was yeah. b- a bad thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It was not murder murder was invented with the 10 commandments. It was I,
0: Well, murder was invented right then. That was <laughs> that was what murder. That's exactly. Go. Murder was invented. <laughs> then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he had to walk around with the uh mark of Cain and uh people would go like, "Who are you? I'm Cain. What's that on your head?" That's the mark of Cain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like
1: Was that is actually would be it was actually a protective. It was a protective mark, yep. so that people wouldn't kill him. Because to be without, be, to be cast from your tribe was to be left for dead, basically in those in those brutal days.
0: And whether or not God marked him, that's mm-hmm. just a good thing to say. It's like, oh, this is a mark God gave me. What's it say?
1: <laughs> let me have safe passage. Oh, all right.
0: is that right? Yeah, and also um, let me know what's in your your uh, fridge. <laughs> What do you and I, mean? give me give me some <laughs> really oh, this, that's what the mark says as well yeah and uh i, I get the good bed what <laughs> is that what the mark says yeah god said that <laughs> i'm
1: starting to feel like a mark
0: oh yeah very good yeah, I was like, how much can i get a mark of cane oh yeah
1: yeah here you go <laughs> 100 bucks
0: any technically any mark that i give you is going to be a mark of cane <laughs> that's how this that's how this goes
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What did Cain uh, uh, die of, or did he uh, ever? Or was it just one of those things like, ah, who knows? Yeah, I mean it's Methuselah. he just you know eventually <laughs> no, he just you know, what's it matter?
1: Yeah, and I kind of doubt they were considered to be real people, but yeah,
0: okay. I think oh, that, I
1: think they're just myth, mythical stories that.
0: Uh, that's that's fine, but Cain uh, wasn't one of these uh, long limited guys, right? Cain was just uh, sorry. My cat got in.
1: That's fine. <laughs> it's kind of like going. W- I wonder what ever happened to that fox who couldn't get the grapes.
0: Well, he died. He was of uh, hunger. <laughs> Is that right? Is that how the story? And yeah, it's just too, uh, just too fussy.
1: I thought he just skulked sculpt- skulked off mad at those grapes. Was they are sour anyway? He thought.
0: Yeah, and then Aesop heard that and just went, "What a story!"
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make him into a gorilla.
0: Yeah, they can't be. Uh, they can't <laughs> all be gems. I guess. <laughs> that's that's fine <laughs> the moral is like he just keeps like just following animals yeah. around and just like a bear's eating some honey <laughs> and he just says to the bear is there a moral to this uh honey yeah. it tastes good wait till mm, the, enjoy the, the moment eh like <laughs> i don't know the bear
1: just, says wait till the bees leave
0: yeah wait till the mind your own beeswax that's what <laughs> that's, what, that's what, the moral oh, what, a, what a witty bear is. yeah and they just back him <laughs> and goes uh, come on boo boo we're getting out of here what was his problem, Yogi? Like, <laughs> I don't know boo boo.
1: <laughs> oh, bears sound like that.
0: They all do well. What does a bear sound like to you then?
1: No some that's some, what it's said. Something. Like,
0: like, uh, yeah, some of them sound like Baloo, you know. That's... Some of them sound like uh Phil what's his name?
1: Phil Silvers? Who's
0: the... Phil Silvers. Some of them sound like... was that Phil Silvers who did the voice of Baloo?
1: Oh no, that's Phil Harris, sorry. Phil Harris. I was trying that's to think right, of yeah. I was still I was thinking of Yogi Bear still. So.
0: Yeah, that would be Baloo would be trying to pull a scam with Mowgli, just like <laughs> you're going to invest in this. It's a good deal. It keeps away the snakes. I'm like no, it Baloo, it's, <laughs> it's one of the bare necessities you'll need. I'm like, is it Baloo? It
1: isn't Baloo. Come it on. doesn't feel doesn't feel quite as as uh, as real as it does with Phil Harris doing it.
0: Do you think people will notice if I'm the same bear in Robin Hood? Yeah, they'll <laughs> notice Baloo. Just change your design a bit. How about just the color? The color will be fine. It's fine. No <laughs> one cares. No one cares, Baloo.
1: It's fine. So, <laughs> we had no money for this stuff. Yeah. Del would it Harris, be okay if I... Bill like, Harris was car- a regular on Jack Benny.
0: Oh, that's nice. I was going to was gonna say, like, Baloo then goes, would it be okay if I do tailspin? What's that? I don't know. I'm, like, a pilot and I fly a plane. What? No, of course not. That's entirely out of character for you. Ah, scientist. <laughs> I signed a deal. It's it's a popular.
1: <laughs> it does seem okay. kind of out of character for him to be a pilot, doesn't it? We're, that we're be- going to give this layabout, deadbeat bear, a job that requires planning and foresight.
0: Yeah, he is not. He is not the guy for that job. No. At all.
1: No, Goofy, yes. obviously.
0: Well, go- no, Goofy. We're going to make a widower <laughs> trying to raise a kid. <laughs> that's that's a Goofy story.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, my wife died.
0: Nope. <laughs> She's in heaven now. Uh, they, <laughs> I don't think they ever actually said that. Now I'm uh, kind of curious at, like how many seasons uh, Tailspin had. Only one? Oh, that's so strange. But they did do 65 episodes.
1: Wow, is, that's one season? Yeah. Was it, was it a daily show?
0: I guess so, yeah. Yeah. And so they used Baloo, uh, Louie, King Louis, and Shere Khan. And those are the characters that were in this.
1: Some wow. of them, but there are other characters, weren't there?
0: Yeah, but there weren't uh, any other Jungle Book. Uh, oh, I character. see.
1: But well, that's just
0: such a weird pitch to me. It's just like we're gonna do, you know, this kind of adventure thing about a pilot, and he's yeah. dealing with, you know, this, this corrupt businessman. It's like, oh, that sounds. Uh, well, why would we do that as a cartoon? Because <laughs> the characters from Jungle Book. Yeah. What?
1: Well, let's fill out the rest of the cast with characters from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> the Mad Hatter can be a helicopter pilot.
0: No, the Mad Hatter is busy uh, doing the police, um, the police drama, uh,
1: drama. <laughs> drama, <laughs> police drama, he
0: was doing the police comedy uh, Bonkers. He was busy in that.
1: I don't even know what that is.
0: Well, listen, uh, you know, uh, Bob Mackey, our uh, our friend who drops by every so often. Also des- uh,
1: designer of dresses for Carol Burnett.
0: Yeah, but oh, I'm sure he loves loves hearing that. It's, uh, it's new.
1: <laughs> um, like he's listening. Anyway, go on. But
0: he uh, does a, a podcast called What a What a Cartoon
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, with his friend Henry. Yeah. And yeah, they covered the Bonkers series. It was basically, and again, they've covered it well. But it was like after <laughs> uh, Roger Rabbit uh, was out, they want to do something. Roger Rabbit, They did this uh, series about a, um, a, a cartoon star that had kind of fallen on hard times. So he becomes a cop. Hmm. and but he's policing toontown and uh they couldn't get any of the good tunes so you got uh <laughs> like the mad hatter with someone that would show up every so often right. not as a villain yeah but just as a citizen who lived in toontown
1: i see yeah this is your regular joe schmo man yeah. man on the street
0: you're joe schmo you're man the and that uh that holy shit that went four seasons how is that possible
1: that's bonkers
0: that's completely bonkers, and uh, Rip Taylor was in it.
2: Yeah, well,
1: there you go. Huh. What Why did it last so long?
0: Yeah, what do you, what do you know, what do you know, what do you know? Oh, interesting. That's exactly I've never
1: heard of it. I've never, in my life, heard of it. Whereas, well, I knew were... Tailspin pretty well. I, I, I think I watched it a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's strange. One season. That seems. That seems wrong. Holy, holy cow! Mm. Now I'm like, how many seasons did Goof Troop have? Two. Only two.
1: Huh? What about of course, what, what about Rescue Rangers? That must have been, Rescue been longer. Rescue
0: Rangers, that's a good very question. Uh, you mean Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, of course. That's
1: right. what I meant, but, you know, I, uh, I speak in Three, seasons.
0: three yeah, seasons, that that yeah, hmm. had 65 episodes still as well. I think this might be the magic number that uh, it's like, and we're out.
1: <laughs> we have enough for syndication.
0: Now, here's the question in Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Uh-huh. Chip dressed as a certain popular character. Uh, style of certain popular character and uh, Dale dressed in style of a certain popular character.
1: Okay, well, one was uh, Indiana Jones?
0: Yes, sir. Who and the other one wore a Hawaiian shirt, much in the style of Magnum
1: PI, I guess.
0: Bam! That's exactly what I think is the thing.
1: <laughs> oh, it's not. It's it's not. This is not. You're just giving me some hearsay here.
0: No, no. I think that. Not... I, I think that is completely what uh, the, the situation is. Yes.
1: Huh. Huh. Yeah. And so that had that had like the Australian character who was the pilot.
0: Was there a pilot in that one as well?
1: Yeah, like the kind of big burly guy, right?
0: Are you talking Launchpad McQuack?
1: No, no, he was a, another mouse. Oh! Or a mouse-like creature.
0: Well, very good, let's take a look here. Are you talking Monterey Jack? Perhaps I am. Uh, known as Monty to his friends and Cheeser by his mother. He's an <laughs> Australian mouse who spent years traveling the world before meeting Chippendale during their first case. There you go. Yeah, after Fat Cat destroyed his home. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Fat cat, voiced by Jim Cummings, who voiced everything. Jim. Oh my stars! Hmm. Jim Cummings, who you might also know as the Crypt Keeper.
1: Never watched it, but I
0: also Wendy I know the who you mean. Also, who's he? Also, who's, also, who's also, right? the, also also the Tasmanian Devil?
1: Oh, like the later also. the later versions of these characters.
0: Yes, sir. All right. All right.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I was look, it. That's you brought that up, and now that makes me think of um. When Lisa and I were talking on Fansplainers about the horse in the gray flannel suit, a very good episode. Everyone should listen to that one. Very good. Uh,
0: some, some would say the best episode of Fansplainers ever.
1: You know what? If I wasn't on it, they would say the best episode <laughs> of Fansplainers. But it was interesting to uh, read that it uh, that's uh, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day was the opening cartoon for that movie. So they were packaged together. So when you went to see it in the theater, you watched the Winnie the Pooh short and then you saw the. Then you saw the the film. Now, because I remember Winnie the Pooh as being like a movie, and that's because they took all of these shorter pieces and they put them together into one package and then they re-released it to cinemas in the 70s. Those cheaters.
0: I just remember watching it on uh, Wonderful World of Disney.
1: Ah, yeah. It was also shown there. Yes. Very good. Very good. Great, great the, voice yeah. casting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I am a little black rain cloud hovering over the something tree.
1: Sterling yeah. Holloway, yeah. So, so when you saw him later on on Gilligan's Island, you were like, what?
0: Oh, who did he play on Gilligan's Island?
1: Uh, a guy. I think he was like, um, I think he was a, a convict, maybe, or maybe he was someone who had like, I can't remember now, but he was, he was like a character. He seemed very mild mannered, and then, it, then he, of course, backstabbed them.
0: Oh, no. I
1: think it was like a criminal, like a con, ex-con or something.
0: This was my one problem. I know we've talked about uh, Return to Gilligan's Island and the castaways. Let's, and... Yeah,
1: let's not go there. But anyway. No, but wants...
0: I, I am going to say the one thing that I do <laughs> okay. wish, we okay. are going to go there for like 30 sure, seconds. Sure, sure. The one thing I would have liked to have seen more in Return to Gilligan's Island mm-hmm. is them to have gotten revenge on everyone who screwed them over, <laughs> Just... said they were going to come Shh. back to the island. And... Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you wish, know,
1: you you wish the lots... show had more of a Kill Bill uh, plot. But they just show up at their house and, and beat, the, beat the crap out of them and then walk away.
0: Hey, remember you left us to rot on that island?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: and then you took my identity, you took my idea, you took my this, you took my that. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> come here for a second. What? Boom! And they knock them out and then they just fly them to their own deserted island and they throw them on that island. Oh. That giant spider and just, uh, <laughs> hey, I just, you know, just let, play this out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, that giant spider did not bother them all that much.
0: Oh my gosh! What a terrifying.
1: Yeah, you think they spend the rest of the time like locking their doors and you know, but no, they just seem to live as live as usual.
0: Yeah, and the spider never decided to come out. Well, actually,
1: the spider sailed back to the mainland and escaped the island.
0: <laughs> yeah, and got a job in uh, the arachnophobia. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> never told anyone about these poor castaways.
0: Well, to be fair, it's a spider. It can't talk.
1: I. You know what? I've seen spiders spell stuff out in a web.
0: Oh, uh, that is true. Yeah.
1: So could have spelled out castaways coordinates
0: i'm just going to assume that the spider was so large it couldn't move like it was just the back there it was just like uh, i didn't
1: feel like it Ugh. listen
0: if you could kill me buddy i would really appreciate it oh i just oh boy i ate robinson caruso um,
1: ate the whole swiss family robinson
0: yeah i am so full I'm full for life full for life yeah exactly I ate. Uh, some pirates came. They were bearing treasure. Boom! Ate them. I can't. I can't eat another person. I swear. That's to right. I
1: ate Jack Sparrow.
0: I thought like maybe I could eat someone like uh, small. I saw Gilligan come in. I'm like, oh, I could eat that guy. <laughs> and then the and then the, the skipper came in. and went, no, Just forget it. Forget it. And I'd eat Thurston Howell the third, but I can't. You know why? Just too rich.
1: That's right. That French waiter tried to talk me into it. One whopper thin first mate.
0: And kaboom. <laughs> yeah. There was a uh, when when uh, DC did a thing called I think Fandome it was called or something where they were uh, plugging all their movies and uh, their TV shows and they made a big thing online about this. Yeah. And one of the things they did that there was they had some fun with. Was they took all the old voices of Batman and had them all talking to each other in cartoon form? They took old clips of their cartoons, okay, and then they'd uh, just be uh, going back and forth talking to each other and goofing. And one of the things they did was they had them all mystery science theatering, basically uh, an old uh, Adam West Batman. Oh, a...
1: a friend showed me a little bit of that at work. That was quite right. quite amusing. Well, it,
0: it ends with an epi- you know, a cliffhanger. That scared the holy hell out of me as a kid, oh. which was where the Joker was feeding um, Batman and Robin and a, a sexy lady to a giant clam. And this <laughs> clam had giant teeth, and yeah. the inside of his mouth was all fangy and horrible. Really? And it just went up, and it ate Robin. It just ate Robin alive. And uh, the Joker's, like, watching that or laughing, and it was just, it terrified me, like, beyond belief when I was a kid. <laughs> couldn't. Uh, it, was, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen, and uh, and yeah, and so they were go- goofing about it, and so it was like it was fun that they were goofing, but I thought at that moment they should all just shut up for a second and just go, "What did we just watch?"
1: <laughs> wow, I uh, don't remember that, that one. And the,
0: that and the that and the spider, I reacted to in very similar ways. Shows that had no context for a monster of this kind to be in their existence. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, there's a giant spider. Like a spider lives on the island as well. What? You know, giant clam eats people. You know how clams eat people. No, I didn't know about that. You know how they got big teeth? Giant, gigantic clam will come up to you and will eat you alive and slowly dissolve you. No, I have no idea about... It looked like, basically, they had built something, now that I'm thinking about it. It looked like they had built a Venus flytrap yeah. for Poison Ivy, mm. though they did not have a Poison Ivy character and just looked at each other and went, well, we built this thing. Clam? <laughs> sure. <laughs> who's going to kill him with a clam? What's the appropriate villain? Yeah. Well, you know, the Joker. You mean the clown? Yeah. What's that got to do with a clam? <laughs> uh, does he have a, a smiling face?
1: It's a very similar yeah. sounding.
0: Or just a clam, clowns, so yeah, clam clown, you know. <laughs> what? No, that in no way makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nah, we're still going to do it anyway. We're <laughs> going to scare some little Canadian kid.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he will not be able to sleep for months. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll never eat clam funguli or whatever it's called again. <laughs> Did it didn't have, like, you said it had fangs. I see, to me, it would be more disturbing if it had human teeth, if it had, Ooh. like like, incisors and.
0: Well, what animal wouldn't be more disturbing with human
1: teeth? Yes, that's true. If your
0: cat came up to you and smiled and <laughs> it had human teeth,
1: yes, that would that would definitely be off-putting at the very to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, by off-putting, yeah. I mean I would run screaming from the house.
0: Yeah, I've always, uh, I've always, <laughs> uh, I've always said something, and I can't remember what the hell I said. Uh, I've always, <laughs> I've always said that uh, man is the uh, only animal uh that gets uh more uh frightening when you put a cowboy hat on him really any animal ana- think about any animal in the world like think that you're uh you're swimming in the ocean yeah and a and a shark is coming up a great white shark <laughs> yeah and you're like you see the fin and it's like oh my god the shark's <laughs> yeah. gonna eat me and then it like pokes his head up and it's wearing a little cowboy hat
1: yeah that would be pretty amusing
0: you go you know I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, like there's a whole bunch of crocodiles in a, in a swamp or yeah. whatever. It yeah. wouldn't be a swamp. It'd be whatever it would be. And, uh, and and they're coming at you and they're all wearing little cowboy hats. That'd be fine. Or a gorilla, who uh, we know are nature's murderers. <laughs> yep. Wearing a cowboy hat. Well established. Yeah. Yeah. But a guy in a cowboy hat. Ooh, creepy. <laughs> Any other animal in a cowboy hat. Even that spider, giant spider, cowboy hat.
1: I don't I don't job. find guys in cowboy hats like, that creepy, though. Mm. That's interesting. You know, that's me to think about. Like, Okay, we, we're talking about it quite extensively. I don't want to go too much into it, but Dr. Sleep, the, the main sort of villain of the film is Rose the Hat. And I kind of wonder if that's like, if a hat is something scary to Stephen King, like, oh, I put this character as wearing a hat. Like, People are going to freak the hell out when they see this thing. Like, whoa, they're going to they're gonna lose it. And then you read it or watch it, and you're just kind of like, hmm, wearing a hat. It's kind of like um, John Wyndham, the author of like the chrysalids and day of the chryphids and whatnot he wrote a a short or novella called web and it's about this guy going to this island and he discovers that these these very dangerous but advanced spiders that are like parachuting off the island using their webs to carry them off the island and then soon they will reach uh humankind and then that will be it that'll spell it for humans because these spiders are so deadly and Wyndham, it was like the most terrifying story he ever wrote because he had a he had arachnophobia. He was scared. He was afraid of spiders. So to him, this story was like, Oh my God, this is like the most terrifying thing that anyone's ever written. And, and when you read it, you're just kind of like, Hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. You, know, like you it's gotta, a, you gotta actually <laughs> specifically uh, be scared. Of yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of interesting. So you wonder like, like you say that like cowboy hats are scary on people. And I'm like, are they? That's an interesting thing to think. Like I've never, never occurred to me. I guess when not, I see someone
0: in a cowboy hat at a bar, I'm just like, they're looking for a fight. They're looking for some kind of fight.
1: Or they? This are they think? Is or they think they're cool? Yeah, that's the other. Thing. From ten years ago.
0: That is also that is also a possibility. Like, By the way, yeah. I, I sent you a picture of the clam just because I needed to.
1: Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and you tell me that's not a disturbing clam.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, because they made it all spiky too. It's not. It's not really. Yeah, I think. I think you're probably right. I think it was like a Venus flytrap that yeah. they modified into a clam.
0: And and Robin got eaten by that thing like like he it was just his legs sticking out and then he got sucked in like he was being eaten by Audrey too
1: and the and the Joker said <laughs> clam up
0: oh that would be great that that would actually make sense that would make sense <laughs>
1: his screams but, of his screams of pain clam up
0: oh yeah. my God I'm watching I'm watching now like a little short video just a GIF of uh, of uh, Robin being eaten by the clam oh it is just terrifying. <laughs> What a
2: world.
1: <laughs> I do like, uh, it is funny because there is, are things that are so scary when you're a kid. And when you look back at them, I mean, I know this is disturbing you now, but when you look back at them, often you're... It's, it's not to, disturbing. Yeah, me. you're what? just kind of like, ah, oh, funny.
0: I'm a grown man. Yeah,
1: I'm not scared of Monster the Whale. It's just a stupid whale.
0: No, I'm scared of Revenue Canada.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is scarier. Mm-hmm. And not to be messed with. Well, you just reminded me of the money. I better get that off.
0: Oh, did they call you and tell you they were coming to arrest you?
1: No, this was a legitimate uh, up, uh, a slight amount. I owed more than what I paid for my my my, my income tax. Oh, Okay, requiring so, a, I don't have to leave a, a, a iTunes card in an alleyway for them. <laughs> Legit.
0: Yeah, con men. Um, not uh, not on their game nowadays. <laughs> it feels like they've all gone. We can either pull one great heist. Or we can pull a thousand dumb heists. (laughs) And like, as long as we get like a couple of those, we're fine. We're just going to go into the bulk guy thing now. It'll be fine.
1: Now.
2: Well.
0: They're now the creepy guy who's just walking from woman to woman going, want to sleep with me? And then he's like, (laughs) no. And then he just said, I just need one. Yes. That's it. That's all I need. So I'm just uh, playing the numbers. Yeah, I was yeah.
1: reading some story about this guy I mean, it was a true story about this guy and someone said, Yeah, he would just stand on the site. It was in New York and he just was like outside his apartment. He was as we woman walked by he'd say, Hey, wanna see with me? Just do it over and over again until someone finally said yes and then he did that every day.
0: And then she she murdered him.
1: Well, that would have been a, a suitable ending, I think, but this isn't a story. This is real life, so no.
0: Okay. I was reading I was reading a little bit about this uh woman who, um, during World War II, would seduce uh men that uh, and say you want to go have some fun in the woods yeah and this of course be nazis okay and uh, then they go in the woods with the nazis and then uh blam hmm. and uh that was uh that was her uh, thing so it was like inglorious bastards but uh you know a lady not. but with a lady who you know eh! so so there you go so again i don't want to give nazis tips <laughs> but uh, you know, if a sexy lady is going like, hey, Nazi, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I am a Nazi, um, uh, do you want to go in the woods and have a little fun? Like, uh, well, I can't see any harm in that. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I'm very racist. Oh, well, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I, and I uh, conquered Poland. Oh, I, I know. I know what you did. Listen, we're just going to go into the woods and uh, have some shenanigans. Well, I like that as a Nazi. There's nothing <laughs> against uh, one in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I want to take over the world. Yeah, I know what you want to do. Let's just let's do this first. Okay. Blam. <laughs> there you go. And then Aesop's off to the side, going, "Is there a moral? In Is that? there a moral to this story?
1: Don't be an asshole." Oh. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. I like I it. it. Yeah, that's the thing to. Uh, that, you we don't want to give tips to Nazis. But you know, if you're a Nazi, you should know that no one wants to sleep with you.
0: Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm.
1: That's something you should be aware of right away. You know?
0: Oh, except Ava Braun.
1: <laughs> the exception that proves the rule whatever that means yeah never understood yeah. that expression but there you go Unless, let
0: uh, me just see how things worked out for her mm, oh no oh, no maybe. dave i've got some bad news Oof. oh that's no that uh, <laughs> you know what i'm okay with it now that i'm looking at it again
1: i'm fine <laughs> when i look at the whole history of the situation well yeah that the, what a downer uh, this show took
0: is it a downer <laughs> Well, what are you, if you're pro Ava Braun, did, yes. did
1: we ever walk into a podcast cul-de-sac? I, do, I Where do don't know. You go? I think, Where do you go from Nazis?
0: I don't know. I think a Sexy Lady uh, Killing Nazis, that's pretty good. I'd see that movie. Mm. What's that about? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. yeah I guess. Again, Inglorious Bastards did very well.
1: <laughs> well, it did, but it had more than just that in it.
0: It yeah. had, like, guys hitting Nazis with bats and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but it didn't have... Uh, you know, well, ah. no, it,
1: but it had, it had the, um, I would consider like one of the main characters, the the Jewish woman who works in the the theater. She uh, she's a, she uh, makes it her business to kill Nazis too.
0: That is, that is true. It it almost feels like something she played Bugs,
1: the long game.
0: Yeah, it feels like something that uh, Bugs Bunny would do. He dress up as a sexy lady and just
1: like <laughs> kill Nazis.
0: Well, hello, <laughs> yeah, he would kill them. He just like. Hit them with a mallet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and or maybe, maybe then you just see them, uh, you know, in in hell, and uh, <laughs> and then they're all just in hell and just like I can't believe it was a rabbit, and then another <laughs> one just going, I can't believe it was a rabbit either. and then the devil just goes, You all knew it was a rabbit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really like rabbits.
0: Yeah, that's why you're here. <laughs> but not for the naziing. No. Not for the Nazi. You f- you for the rabbit fucking.
1: You forgot the uh, key part of that story, which is the devil is played by a gorilla. Oh, that's
0: right. He was in the first murder mystery. Really? <laughs> really? What a <laughs> twist. Yeah. This whole episode was written by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah.
1: Whoa. What? Yeah. That is a twist. <laughs> was he really a twist? Was he really a twist writer? I don't know.
0: I'm um, trying to think. Pit in the pendulum. Twist? No, just, nah. well.
1: Drawn out, mm. drawn, drawn out, torment.
0: Okay, uh, telltale heart. Huh. It's
1: not really. A twist is more of a psychological, you know, breakdown of a character. We know, we I... know who murdered it. It's not like it's not like the heart. You know what I mean? It's not like the heart jumps out of a cupboard and kills him or something.
0: Uh, I was cleaning up uh, my basement and going through old uh, letters that I had, and one of them was a hand painted uh, letter, like the uh, the the front of a card was painted and it had a little heart on it and it had a little arrow through the heart and then the background was just like lightly washed with watercolors and it was really really pretty and then uh opened it up and it said uh thinking of thinking of you in it and then there was a little heart that they 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 did in the corner it didn't it didn't say who signed it or anything i had no idea who it was and i was looking at this and i was just trying to figure out what the hell was this (laughs) and uh and uh and then i figured it out and it was like this was this was a card i got after i did the telltale heart at a drama festival oh yeah well, someone I slipped this under my uh hotel door wow yeah interesting so you know thank you edgar allan Poe.
1: and anonymous uh, anonymous donor
0: and and the person who actually uh, slipped out of my roof. I know. And then, of course, I'm replaying it in my head, just going like, who could that have been? <laughs> who, did I, who did I know who had the artistic talent? But it yeah. could have been someone from another school, because there was some stuff that happened there as well with some people from another school. So it was like, yeah, but it was like, oh, what a beautiful card. But so I kept that card. So, you know, there you go. Telltale Heart <laughs> got me a, a really nice card.
2: That's nice.
1: I remember you doing that play at school. A lot of screaming. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real performer's piece. Let's put it that man, way. Hey,
0: you stupid heart! <laughs> Knock it off! <laughs> hey, you, you okay? Fine. Shut up! You're saying shut up too. Not a murder victim. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> shut up! Quiet
2: with the heart. <laughs>
1: there can't be any murder victims. There's no gorillas in the area. <laughs> That's right. Typical postery.
0: Yeah, there's no bananas around here at all. <laughs> Come on now. And then, and then the, the and then someone sees a King Kong once and goes, Oh, it's the greatest murder mystery of all time.
1: Who killed the Empire State Building?
0: Oh, my God. Look at this guy. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's what we needed. Make it a giant gr- Oh, I did Oh, I could go back in time and tell Poe this. I don't know when <laughs> Poe died. If he would have had a chance to have seen this or not.
1: No, he wouldn't have. No, he would. Oh,
0: poor Poe.
1: Yes, TB combined with drug addiction. Not a great, not a great mix.
0: And yet, not an unexpected mix.
1: Hmm. I guess. Yeah, for its time, I suppose.
0: Yeah. It would have, you know, if, if you know, if he died from tickling or something. It would have been <laughs> sopr-
1: I guess so. So you're saying he died in a very Poe-like way, like
0: the very Poe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He like if he, he died-, died like he lived.
0: Yeah, if he died like in bed, you know, really happy surrounded by friends. Mm. And it was like no regrets. Well, like that would
1: be a weird, sure, way yeah. Him. I, I mean, know. I should have I should have gone a little farther. He died of a combination of TB and and opium addiction in the arms of a gorilla. So kind of yeah. like all all came around for him.
0: Who then fed him to some
1: ravens. <laughs> Qu- quote, cool nevermore.
0: Yeah, this is this is how we wanted it to go. This is how we wanted sure. to go. Uh, I, I actually thought once upon a time, cause I read about, you know, sky burials and, and how like, you know, uh, birds would just eat you and fly away. I was like, that sounds kind of beautiful. And then, um, I was talking to a person <laughs> about that and they were like, it, it's not.
1: <laughs> Why would that Why? be beautiful? Because
0: birds don't like, you know, aren't, aren't not messy eaters. <laughs> So they're gonna like tear you apart, yeah, it sounds horrible. and then they're gonna drop big chunks of you on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not a lovely yeah. thing. Just like they're not carrying you heavenward.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna do that, don't do it in a in a populated area. Do it somewhere remote. Yeah,
0: you, I mean, you would do it on a like a hill or somewhere high, you know. But well, yeah, yeah but,
1: but also like miles away from people. Like you don't want to be.
0: Yeah, that's not. Uh, I mean, it's no grosser. You know, to you then. <laughs> any other way of you know? No, being no. Bare,
1: It doesn't really matter what happens to you the after ocean. you. Ocean. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: Then get eaten by a shark with a cowboy hat, and you're like, this, <laughs> "That's how I want it to go."
1: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you give your body to science, it's probably worse than what birds would be doing to you. You know, they're you have some medical students using your mouth as an ashtray. You know, like looking at, you know, taking a bit part bit by bit, examining things. You know, making jokes with each other about bits of your body. You know.
0: Yeah, that is my one worry about, like if, like, because again, that did sound pretty good. It was like, oh, you donate your body to science. That's nice because then you're helping others, and it's all this. Like, I can see the logic behind that. That's very really nice. I,
1: then you end up in a body farm.
0: Sure, you would end up in a body farm. All right, you know what? Eh, it's not great, but what are you going to do? <laughs> this is the, this is the worst part to me though about it. It's just like so you're in a class. And, like, you know, they take the sheet off you. Yeah. And, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing and, you know, uh, demonstrating things. And just the idea that I'd be in a room full of people. They're basically an audience. And they'd be bored. <laughs> I'm like, I'm or people. Like, that's the last thing. They're uh, just Ugh. so tired. <laughs> One of the guys to sleep in the back. It's like, oh, that's my nightmare. Oh, my final show. <laughs> Your final it's just, show. It's just so boring.
1: <laughs> really honor.
0: Yeah, real, real snooze. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm being uh, cut open and <laughs> dissected. But also, yeah. what are you doing tomorrow? I don't know. I'm thinking of seeing a movie. Mm.
1: <laughs> I'm going to steal the lower leg. i got a great joke idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, did you see the uh, movie Christmas uh, Story? I'm going to do a little something with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he does it and then a month later it's just like this decomposing lamp stand
0: yeah it's not quite what re- i
1: picture it's not quite like the movie it's weird
0: oh this reminds me i got to read arms and the man for english what why are you taking english
1: <laughs> you know, for this
0: joke <laughs> Fair
1: i needed an art uh
0: uh, I know we're uh, not really uh, – we don't talk a lot of politics on this uh, the thing, but there was just a silly thing that got brought up today that I thought was uh, interesting. Okay. Um. So uh, that Michael Cohen guy is not – he's is, is a jerk. Uh, but, sorry, Michael uh,
1: Cohen. Who, who is this? The Canadian commentator?
0: He was the uh, – he was a Donald Trump's lawyer.
1: Oh, I'm and, sorry. Okay.
0: And so he, he came up with this photo of something that apparently Donald Trump did a couple of times. Um. He, where Donald Trump hired someone who looked like Obama. Okay. That he called Faux Obama,
1: uh-huh.
0: and he would shoot videos with this guy. So basically, he would, and this is when Obama was president. He would like sit and he would like read out uh, to Faux Obama <laughs> the things that Obama was doing badly, and would like chastise him. And then this actor who's playing Obama yes. would, t- would take it and look, no, Sullen. And then it would end with like uh, Trump firing him. And these were for nobody. <laughs> these were just, these were just because he liked doing this. Wow. He hired, and this was a couple of times. And so he's got a photo of, uh, of uh, Trump filming one of these things with the fake Obama there. Just going, wow. Like honestly, you saw if you saw that in a movie, you just go, Well That's a little over no, the top. That's beyond over the top. That's beyond stupid. <laughs> that's just no. Of course not. But just like, Wow, that is that is really, really something. And then what a what a weird acting credit to that actor. <laughs> You're gonna shoot videos, no one's gonna see him. Yeah. But it just makes him feel good to yell at the president. Yeah.
1: Would you pretend that you were on The Apprentice? Is that what you would do? Like, how It's basically
0: you... an apprentice situation. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, I was yeah. on, the, on The Apprentice. Where were you?
0: Well, I've got a photo that kind of makes it look like that.
2: <laughs>
0: Why are you dressed that way? You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just
0: like, wow. That's just... Wow. Like, mm. I
1: mean, it's very strange, but it's not the worst thing that he's done this week.
0: No, not this week. This was, again, this is uh, this is a long time <laughs> ago. He's not doing it still. How do you know? Because you know, I think having a guy dressed as Obama in the White House yeah. would be, I think there's, first of all, I think there's some cameras probably around that would catch <laughs> stuff. People would go, is that a ball? Uh, it would, mm. That would slip out. That would be a strange thing to, I, maybe, who knows. But like, <laughs> imagine being a rich guy. Like, you're rich. So all of a sudden you're super super fucking rich, yeah. And there's there's someone who's on your ner- getting on your nerves, yeah. You know, maybe it's like an old landlord of yours or something or an old boss. <laughs> sure. And you're like, you know what's gonna make me feel good? Gonna hire an actor, get him to play my old boss. Go sit him down, and really give him a good talking to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is that is weird. I mean, I'm not gonna deny it. I'm not.
0: Yeah, for a guy who doesn't believe in therapy, who thinks that's for uh, the weak, that's uh, a. <laughs> Interesting, interesting, uh, interesting uh, thing. You yeah, think, maybe.
1: Do you think it was? Th- do you think it was a, like a therapeutic feed to thing? A giant
0: for him? Slam. That's a weird thing too. <laughs> feed to a
1: giant do you think it was therapeutic for him, or was it just like him? I don't know. I guess it is sort of. I can't, therapeutic, think, but...
0: I can't think of anything else. It would be. It would have to be right. Well, why? Why else would this exist? Do you think it's like a buddy comedy that he was like? <laughs> he <laughs> was, that's right. He <laughs> was he actually.
1: Yeah, he was doing lines for Midnight Run. I wonder if he, or maybe Forty Eight Hours. I wonder if he. <laughs> I wonder if he. Uh, yeah, it's a strange. Like, I, it's hard to imagine him thinking about it in terms of like uh, of therapeutic. I wonder if just for him it was like a way of. Oh, I don't understand. I can't. I can't even explain it. It's so weird. It is so weird.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that you do have to like just stand back and just. I'm just gonna stand here with my jaw open
1: for a while. <laughs> kind of okay. To- what are you doing? Is
0: really okay, strange. there we go. There you. Yeah, all right. Here we go. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh that's my what? But yeah, he also did other stuff this week that's
2: uh,
0: <laughs> awful and uh next week as well and the week after that. <laughs> and the uh, week after that and there we go.
1: Yes. No point um, dwelling on it.
0: No. No. No point dwelling on it. Let's hope this is all done soon and all just go on with our lives. This would be very very nice. Yeah. Hmm. Uh on a, on another unrelated on note, I had a lovely swim today. Oh yeah. Yeah, nice swim. Uh it's uh, it's open for three more days.
1: This is uh, the pool, this is the outdoor pool?
0: Outdoor pool. Okay. Open for three more days. Yeah. And it's done. Uh in Burnaby they're open for one more week. Uh envious of Burnaby, but to uh <laughs> to swim in Burnaby you have to reserve a spot and you have to be from Burnaby so ah. Burnaby tricky man, uh, so yeah so gonna just uh, spend the next couple of days uh, swimming while I can and uh, and enjoy it while I can and then uh, so gotta find something
1: so it's just open till school is back in so the idea or does it close yeah, after to Labor day here's is the there?
0: thing traditionally it' it, it always uh, should shut at uh, Labor Day labor Day should be the last day yep. but every because we live in in um, you know, uh, global warming—whatever yeah. uh, they call it now. Sure, uh, they extend it always like three weeks. They're like, "Yeah, sure, why not? We'll just extend it to the end of summer, and then well, it's but- it's fine." But of course, but but this this year uh, they can't. They say they can't because of COVID, oh, okay. which is not true because Burnaby's doing it.
1: Um, <laughs> Maybe they just mean because they're just not making enough money to keep it going right now.
0: I don't know. I don't. Again, it's such a weird thing. It's like how much because. They charge basically eight dollars for a swim, and I, I'm trying to think like how many people they have swimming. But I'm like, well, what's the maintenance and what's the upkeep and what's the time? And also, you are a city, and yeah. it's not necessarily pools aren't uh, like recreational facilities aren't necessarily. I think in a city uh, have to make a profit. They're part of you know the system of like they're good for people, so we have them. I think you know they would qualify as that. They're not a business business. Yeah. So yeah they should uh, I think they should still be around that's what I think that's my thought and I've been telling them that they just <laughs> so you
1: want outdoor that? pools around in the wintertime uh, why are you closed now this is ridiculous but you know what here in Aldergrove heated,
0: yes if it was heated I would go for it yes
1: here in Aldergrove we have an outdoor pool all year round really it's covered but it's open on the sides oh, and it's open nice. all year
0: is it open right now
1: I believe so yep Yep, because we're getting uh, lots of people coming from Surrey to swim in our pool, because Surrey has closed all of their pools. They've been, oh. they, haven't, they didn't open at all. Oh, well... Because mm-hmm. uh, they decided to get rid of the police force that they had, the RCMP in Surrey, and they decided to get rid of that police force and bring in their own uh, city police force, which... You know, as the typical thing as a politician, you say, "Oh, don't worry, it only costs this amount of money," and everyone goes, "Oh, that's not too bad. We'll we'll vote for you then." And then when you get in power, then you go, "What I meant was five times that amount," <laughs> and so then they had to close all the libraries and all the pools for the entirety oh, no. of the summertime. Oh, yeah, damn, because we need to save money to pay for this new police force we're bringing in. So, so yeah, what's we, the
0: what's the word on the libraries now?
1: Uh I imagine they're still closed. Ugh. Yeah.
0: I mean that seems like a, a necessary thing. Like pools you could kinda go, it's almost it's a luxury. especially an outdoor pool, that'd be a luxury. But like a library, that's kind of a necessary part of a community.
1: I I mean I guess you could call a pool a luxury, but I don't think it's a luxury. I think I mean I think having a pool in your backyard is a luxury, but I don't think having a community pool is a luxury. I think that's kind of a vital part of a of a of a community, having places for people to go and do outdoor activities and, and you know, like if you don't have those sort of things that it's just the sort of aimless roaming gangs of kids with nothing to do, which is, well, I guess nowadays it's a bit different than when we grew up. Kids could only, the only thing we could do if there wasn't, if there wasn't a, a pool around, we just could roam. All we could do is roam around as a gang, but I guess kids can go inside and play video games now.
0: I think the problem uh, is the word roaming. <laughs>
1: like you know? Well, like don't like think of it in the modern like... term of roaming as in like you're paying fees for it. It was free for us to roam.
0: You right, didn't have to pay like,
1: anything extra for it.
0: Uh, what's going on? There's a bunch of people outside. What are they doing? They're walking around. Oh, okay. Uh, what are they doing? They're roaming. Oh, oh, dear. What's the difference? Are they
1: a gang? There's are they a, a roaming a, gang? Because that's even worse. What
0: makes them, what makes them a gang?
1: Clump you know? together.
0: Well, that's a crowd.
1: No, that's a gang. They're
0: a walking crowd. They're a roaming,
1: <laughs> roaming gang. I think you're missing the point here. Just that...
0: Okay, who'd win in a fight between a walking crowd and a roaming gang?
1: I think we don't. I think, I think know. we do as well. I think roaming gang would... Have it, have it both, oh, every, every way. Yeah. <laughs> and twice on Sunday.
0: I'm trying to think of like, you know, if I've ever been part of a roaming gang of, uh, you know, youths when I was a <laughs> Because we would have been a musical theater gang, which <laughs> has been so sad.
1: How about the time that we went Christmas caroling? And there was, you know, 10, yeah. ten or so of us. That was a roaming gang. What of, I liked about. Of Yuletide Cheers.
0: We were pretty sweet. The, uh, the weird bit was when people opened the door and were like, we don't know what to do. And, like, and we were just like, we don't know what to do either. It's like, should we invite you in? Should we give you hot no, chocolate? Oh, I hope
1: not. No, should, please, get should, calm down. Should
0: we, should we give you money? What, like, they should, what, should,
1: what they should do is gently close the door on the 17th verse of Heart the Herald Angels, sing <laughs> also, <I laughs> take us remember, out of our misery.
0: I can't remember if we were any good. That's the other thing, too. No, of like, course not. I'm just trying to think, like, we're, you know, I, I picture us, like, in beautiful harmony, just walking door to door. <laughs> but then there's the other part of me that's just like, what if we were just like, God rest ye merry, right? Death? Like just, we don't know. Just, just
1: remember that we what we what we lacked in in uh, talent, we made up for with exuberance. We were very yeah. we were very loud at the start, and then we got quieter and quieter because <laughs> it, this was so long. We didn't realize until we opened the pages. You think you know Christmas carols, and then you open the page of this newspaper that was handed out with Christmas carol lyrics, You the bells there, are the bells ring
0: the bells, 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 bells then like, you,
1: you hit, you hit verse, you know, twenty-four of this Christmas carol, and you're like, how, how long, how, how long was he away in the manger? Like, yeah,
0: but yeah, he, he was a teenager by the time the song <laughs> by the time
1: started. the song ended. They're they in Egypt. <laughs> Yeah, I
0: think. the I escape mean,
1: plan. I, you distract I, them with these long carols while we get while we're into Egypt. All right, I you got very, it.
0: I have very strong memories of looking up at a um, streetlight and seeing snow coming down. and Going, this is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is nice. Too bad we're, we're singing. We're, I think we're making. <laughs> I think we're doing good things. Yeah. This is good. You know, but again, very confused people uh, opening their doors like, huh? Oh, it was But like, this isn't a thing people do anymore. where, what, where are you from? 1950s uh, uh youths <laughs> what's the skill? It was like sort I, of
1: strange that way yeah. too Like what what was animating us to do this like yeah the spirit of the spirit of the 50s Yeah
0: what was it Come animating on a-
1: chums let's go and sing some Christmas carols outside the
0: in choir and just went Do you want to go Christmas caroling I
1: don't I think it was very strange it was like and also it was a combination of different friend groups as well so it wasn't like it wasn't like a unified group of friends that decided to do this. It was like some like more popular kids, yeah, combined with us who I would not describe us as being popular kids in school. We were okay, okay but we weren't like we weren't like popular kids, you know, and then there was like kind of the more outcasty kids also we, you know it seemed to be like we maybe maybe we straddled different cliques or something, but it seemed like it was like a weird mix of people and the other thing I remember about about us car- Christmas caroling one time was we then we then um adjourned to one of the girls houses their parents like went to her house and we had like a little after Christmas caroling party and that was weird too like because it was like and then for whatever reason we were like I remember playing the ink spots on the parents <laughs> record player and me and a girl da- dancing a- the foxtrot 'Cause we I, we both learned it in social dance in and, and school. And it just seems so strange. Like what what possible were we taken over by old people? Did they were these like were these the you know, like some sort of like Christmas spirits that like you know, of old people that like took over our bodies and then we just started like, Hey, let's listen to the Mills brothers and dance some songs while doing the Foxtrot.
0: Here's here's what the theory that I'm gonna I'm gonna float by. All right, all right. And this is a large theory. And this is a theory that I think like encompasses most teenagers. Yeah. Uh both then and now. Um you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. Y- you don't know what the fuck you're doing? No, you and, like, really some, don't. like you just look at, you're just like, I don't know, I think I I think I like I think I like girls. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to be humiliated or, or hurt. Yeah, that's no. true. I get that. That's
2: a good way to uh, I
0: feel safe in a group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone just suggested something. What is it? Uh, let's go. Let's go uh, kick down mailboxes. Okay.
2: <laughs> yep. uh, oh, wait,
0: wait. Someone else suggested something different. Let's go Christmas caroling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Both make me feel safe. Yeah. Let's do that. Let, well, let's go drinking until we go blind. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey. Do you want to go play Dungeons and Dragons? Okay. I don't care. I'm a teenager. I got no idea what the fuck I'm doing or who I am. I don't know. I don't know. I'm completely susceptible to whatever crazy idea. So if there's a strong willed person in our group that's now going, we should go Christmas caroling. Okay. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> we do it. We did it. But I
0: think that's totally what it is.
1: It could be. I, I don't know. I Yeah, it's weird. I don't think I remember what that little party, that little get together. was There's was a group of mean kids in the kitchen. And they decided it would be funny if they turn took the dog food and made it into like a, a an appetizer tray, and uh, and the people out front would then eat it, not realizing it was dog food. Right, because they don't know what to do. Which was so horrifying to me. The first thing I did was after I discovered this, I went outside and said, "Yeah, they're bringing in dog food, pretending it's food. So I don't eat it. Like, <laughs> I just I want no part of this. I, this is horrible. It's just too horrible to me that someone would do that. So, I'm a, I'm a snitch, and I'll get the stitches. Don't worry about
0: it. Yeah, but I'm gonna get. Yeah, go- this that makes sense. Well, I think like this is this is just how it all works. It's like again, and I, I've got members of my family that are teenagers, mm-hmm. and I see I see the stuff they're doing, and uh, we kind of go like, why are you, Why are you interested in that?
2: And, it's, <laughs> and and it's like,
0: I don't think they are interested in that. Right. I think it's just what else are you gonna do, man? Like you just you got you got all this weird time that like you're sort of an adult, but you can't move out yet. Yeah. You know, so you can't like play goofy games over here and uh, go, let's go run around and just tag each other. We can't do that. Like, well, what can you do? I don't know. Maybe kiss. Yeah, I guess you can kiss a bit. Sure. Fool around. Yeah, right. Do that. Hmm. Now what? Uh, I don't know, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. You know, what I, you know, and, and, and so, you know, you go and you run through like houses that aren't built yet. Why? Because you got this useful energy and you got to do something. What are you going to do do that and you, and you run and then and like nowadays it's just like okay i'm just gonna look at my phone okay and then everyone goes like ah, oh, they're all lazy look at them yeah <laughs> yeah but well, it's almost the same they don't know what to do no one knows what to do
1: no it, it's true yeah just laying laying on the couch watching tiktok videos it's like what are you yeah. doing but it's no different than us sitting for hours watching like gilligan's island and my favorite martian and all these like antique antique sitcoms that were played in the afternoon and that seems because, that seems perfectly fine to us now, you know?
0: Yeah, what are you gonna what are what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go to a supper club and dance on <laughs> night away? You've got no Wait, money. Are they
1: playing You've the got, ink spots? That's my question.
0: Yeah, that's right. You've got no money. You know, you can't go drinking, you know, or go to places that are for adults. What do you what you might try and sneak in? Okay, great. What? What are you gonna do? For me, it was like I'm just gonna go watch every movie that ever existed. (laughs) Any movie playing, I'll watch it. That sounds good. I'm gonna sneak into plays. I'll I'll make a fake identity and I'll 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 go and and see plays and pretend to be a reviewer. That's what I'll do. I'll do that. You know, but like, yeah, you gotta just kill freaking time. It's uh, tick 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 tick. So yeah, that makes a makes a lot of sense to me that we went out Christmas uh, Christmas Carol. It was was fun. it's nice to be around girls. I like being around girls. Oh, that's, that's fun too. And they're singing and they're harmonizing with you and they're trying to. Yeah. Uh, they got to pay attention to you. You're kind of doing something together. And then when you're singing, you're kind of making them sound better and they're making you sound better. That makes them happy. We're all doing something together. That feels good. feels all right. And then the people who are opening the doors, they're not going, get out of here. They're going, <laughs> huh, this is nicer than I thought it would be. You're, I like you more than I thought I would like you. I'm like, Well, that's a nice feeling for me. Um, We don't know whether to give you money or not. No, you shouldn't. Okay. Well, bye. Goodbye to you. (laughs) Why not go into your house now and talk about what the fuck was that? (laughs) We'll do a similar thing and then maybe, of course, eat dog food because we're we're, we're all messed up.
2: That's the next logical step, right? Except for the
0: one guy who's not on board with the dog food. We'll sneeze. (laughs) <laughs> Snitchy dog food.
1: Well I think if you were there You should thank me for that one
0: I was there <laughs> So yes You know what they used to do a thing That was a uh, uh, truth or dare Not truth or dare But it was like a, some sort of like a Trivial pursuit thing But with like dog food on crackers And so if you got the question wrong You had to like eat the dog food I remember that was a, that was a popular thing for a while Blah. At high school I know it's not great But Again,
1: what are
0: you going to do? Well, what you gonna
1: do? I, I think I must have had like a more developed sense of self because I definitely, did, you know, I had like a set of things that I would not do, you know, and so, and like a pretty girl wouldn't make me change who I was, you know, so.
0: So a pretty girl goes, uh, I'll kiss you if you eat dog food.
1: I would be like, N- no, I'm okay. <laughs> it's not, not worth it. Very good. Not worth it. But it wouldn't really be that. It would be more like, you know. If you smoke, I'll make out with you. Um, I don't want to smoke, so that's oh, too bad for me, I guess. You know.
0: Oh, would sm- Would smoking actually do uh, do it? Well, I think
1: people, a lot of people, started smoking because of peer pressure. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't really that susceptible to peer pressure as a kid. I tended to like when friends kind of went in that direction, and it happened. You know, people would they'd realize, oh, you know what? Like to get girls to like you, you have to be this way, and I'd be kind of like, well, I. Glad you're, glad you're happy, but I don't, I'm not really going to hang around with you anymore. I'm just going to kind of fade out. I'm going to ghost you, so.
0: Uh, did you know any adults that, um, when you were, you know, a teenager, that enjoyed being adults?
1: No, it just seemed like all the parents that I knew were just, like, living a routine and they didn't, there was no, like, joy in it for them. You know, like, I, my parents didn't seem to like us as kids. You know, I think they did. But they weren't, they would never like say that, you know? Right. They didn't make a fuss about us or, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like it isn't, and then they didn't make, like my dad didn't, my dad didn't like go, oh, I love movies so much. Or like, even though he had like jazz records, he never, he didn't listen to his jazz records. Like there was no time where he would like be, the only time he he seemed to like enjoy something was listening to the BC Lions, the football team. Hmm. You know, like he would do his, he would do his um, homework. He'd do his like, you know he'd bring home work from or he'd bring home work from work and he would sit in the kitchen at the table and he would do it and he would listen to the the games and that would be like right. and it seemed like that he enjoyed that but he was well, also doing work would he
0: get would he get mad at the games
1: he didn't really get mad at football games he would get upset at hockey games more than he would get upset at football games
0: cuz my dad would swear like crazy at uh at and football at, like, and like really throw throw stuff uh, <laughs> you know like the tv guide down and yeah, stand yeah, up yeah. and like yeah. you know and and I learned some curse words, yeah. So you <laughs> want to like always be away when he's uh, doing that. Yeah, that's yeah. the
1: same with me. Like my dad, but my dad was like that with hockey. And my and even though we were forced as kids to, not that we were forced, but we we ate in front of the TV every Saturday at five o'clock when hockey night in Canada started. We would sit down and have dinner, and we'd eat in front of the television. And then as soon as I was finished, I would I would leave because to me it was just like the most horrible drudgery sitting there watching hockey and my dad didn't make it fun because yeah he would get so upset about players and plays and calls and whatever and it just it just made you nervous and tense because your your dad's mad you know so why do you want to sit here mm-hmm. like that's no fun
0: that's you know? how I, that's how i felt about i think that's just what completely told, took me out of sports was oh for sure oh, this looks this looks like he's having a horrible time yeah I, right, mean, well, it, it, I don't want to watch that. <laughs>
1: Well, it's a combination also, it seems of things.
0: Dangerous to be around him when he's that mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have friends who were like were no good at sports, but they became like really fascinated with like the statistical data of sports, you know. And so they could they could quote you chapter and verse of all these various baseball stats or hockey stats or whatever, but they could not play sports to save their lives, you know. But for me as a kid, like I could not play sports when I was growing up because I I grew up really fast, and so my my. You know, I was like a baby giraffe. You know, I was just this giant galumphing thing that had like no muscle control or no, no accurate control of his body. And so mm-hmm. even though I wanted to play sports with other kids, I would always be chosen last because I wasn't really good at it. And so that, you know, kind of alienated me from playing sports with kids. And so I kind of faded out of that, but I never really learned to love sports either because my dad made it so, made it so nerve wracking to watch sports. And, you know, I don't think he meant to do that, but he just did because he just was so intense, you know, he's such an intense sports viewer. And so, yeah, I just never, I just never developed a, a love of sports that way. It wasn't until I was much older and I became friends with David M., um, you know, been off off in our show many times. And like he was the first kind of person that I thought of as being like a cool guy who also enjoyed watching hockey and stuff like that. And so I started watching hockey with him and mm-hmm. I started to enjoy it then you know because he was just like a laid back guy watching watching hockey and he didn't like throw a slipper at the screen or you know get upset and storm out of the room or curse you know and <laughs> does all those sort of things that you know as a sensitive kid you, it just makes you nervous you know
0: who was the uh, first cool adult that you met or who uh, who enjoyed being an adult
1: oh i would say the first cool adult that was my uncle kenny was a cool adult like he he um like cool music he, he was, like, a fan of the Beatles, and he, like, you know, he had, he had records, you know, he had, like, a bunch of hip 60s records, like Cream and stuff like that, right? And then um and then also he did, he loved comedy, and he made, like, a tape of a bunch of comedy skits and stuff like that mm-hmm. when he was younger. And so, and, you know, and he played that for me, and I, so I could, you know, and that was really, that was something that I did, so I was really inspired that, you know, that my uncle did that, too, you know, and, you know, unfortunately... He never really did very much with it, but he, you know, he did do some things with it, you know, like he, you know, and so that seemed really kind of cool to me. But in other ways, he wasn't cool because he was very dismissive of the kids in the family, like my generation of of, of cousins, you know, so instead of like, you know, what he did was cool, but then instead of like being uh, encouraging, he was like kind of sarcastic about who we were, you know, mm. and that and that was hurtful because you know, I admired him because he was doing something. He did something that I really wanted to do. And, you know, but instead of like being encouraging, he just put us down for like being, you know, uh, whatever we were little kids.
0: You, uh, we just did a a different, uh, podcast, uh, right before this. We did. And, uh, uh, cheaters, panels and penguins and, uh,
1: panels and panels and
0: and pages and pandas and some such. Oh my. Um, and you mentioned uh, that you, this just reminded me, because I just read it as well, uh, that, you, that you just read uh, Lucy Nisley's uh, new book. Is that you say? I say
1: Nisley, but I wonder, yeah.
0: Well, you know, let's ask her next time we see her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's got a book out called Stepping Stones. Yeah, really good. Which I, which I didn't realize was a true story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I found that a little frustrating, but yeah, I'm like, deal with this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's life, so you don't deal with the
1: stuff. <laughs> oh, did but, you read uh, it? You read it, but you found it frustrating?
0: Yeah, yeah I did, because oh, okay. uh, she's got one of those adults in her life. Is it her? Is it her it's her mom's boyfriend, Walter. Yes. Uh, and he's a guy who, uh, you know, she tells him what she wants to be called, mm-hmm. and he still calls her something else,
2: a yeah. like, yeah. nickname. Yeah,
0: you know, and uh, he's always jokey with uh, with them, but in that mean way that adults are like jokey with. Mm-hmm. eh, it'd be funny in a sitcom, yeah, but it's yeah. not funny in real life. It's a very you know, and when when he's finally confronted, confronted, he does the Steve Martin. Well, excuse me, <laughs> you know, because of course you can't apologize.
1: Oops, yeah, and, it's uh, it's it's fictionalized autobiography. Like, it's not her name, and it's not you know what I mean. But it's it, in every other aspect, it's true. Like, it's you know. In yeah, that's
0: what I found frustrating in it. Was I wanted to see that guy get confronted, I wanted to see the mom mm. confront the boyfriend who was being, you know, uh, not respectful sure. of her. Does, and but, yeah, uh, I guess I guess I got a little of that in real life, too. Um, but
1: <laughs> and that and that's that's something interesting about real life, right? Is it's very rare for that a, that a that a mother will confront a bad dad or will confront a bad boyfriend, yeah. you know, because they are. You know they they've invested themselves in in this relationship too, and so they don't want to risk, you know, alienating this guy and and ch- and chasing him away. So.
0: But it was uh, it was that thing like with your with your uncle of not really respecting kids. Mm-hmm. Like kids mm-hmm. are there, you know. It's fun to it's fun to make fun of kids, but you don't you don't let up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Know?
0: And uh, you know, it's like I had my uh, sister's godfather used to call me Rosemary.
1: Yeah. That's
0: you, terrible. Know, yeah, and you know he he would drink, uh, literally, literally like uh, twelve to twenty four Labats when he was over at our place, and uh, he was uh, I have a sip, and I take a sip. That's awful. And also Labats. Now he he smelled like Labats, so I can't stand Labats now. Because of, because <laughs> of, but yeah, that was just a really common thing of uh, you know adults that would just be so dismissive of of kids. You're, you know, but especially it feels like then. It feels like you know you get away with it less now, which is uh, which is better. But uh, yeah, that just reminded me of uh, of that book. So yeah, get uh, stepping stones. It's good, uh, it's
1: very good. And but if you read the the book. credits, she she does mention that she and Walter became very close um, later in life, and he was oh. super supportive of her her art, art artistic career and stuff like that. So you know sometimes it can start off rough, and then people kind of figure out their space in each other's lives and. You know, like he he may not have realized that he was being hurtful. He may have just been in, in a jokey way, and you know, and he just learned over time how to how to be a better dad. I guess you know.
0: Yeah, and it was one of these guys who would just never apologize, which I remember <laughs> that was a type. Yep, it was like yep. apologizing is weakness.
1: Well, it wasn't something that you know. My my mom and dad stayed married my whole life. They're still married, so they're still it's still my whole life. And but my aunt an uncle who i do not remember at all they got divorced when i was very young and so i knew her and her series of boyfriends you know throughout my life and th- and i do remember it kind of being that way like they were often weirdly aggressive with the kids and i think it was like probably nerves more than anything like you know just trying to like create a space for themselves in the situation mm-hmm. but you know it just comes off bad if you know you, this guy who's like nervous and just talking and you know, and just and then being an adult and being kind of dismissive of kids, which wasn't unusual in those days. You know, mm-hmm. ki- kids were kids, and you just you know they're underfoot, and you know kids you know kids uh, uh, should only speak when spoken to, and all those sort of ridiculous rules.
0: And to be fair, though it's not even fair, if we were free <laughs> range. We probably could have left
1: just like get well, out of
0: here you can say get out of here to a kid and yeah a kid can get out of
1: there well that's it but i mean if my aunt was over then it was some sort of family dinner so we uh. were kind of stuck stuck in the situation my cousins would be there and of course we'd want to be with them because were, we were cousins and we knew each other our, our whole lives or up to that point anyway and so you know like that that was yeah but so that you know like that was just i just remember like being always very kind of weird it was always kind of a weird thing about the the boyfriends of my of my aunt you know and 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 it was the 70s, so she kind of ran through them you know like that was a different sort of time as well and there were the odd ones that la- seemed to last a long time you know but yeah she's still still by herself mm. you know, all these years later and that's it's partly on her to be honest but yeah it's uh yeah it's just it's it's interesting so yeah we're reading that book it just it that that felt very very true to 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 that kind of experience to me
0: yeah i think the, the first first adults that i met that were uh they look fun were and we've talked about them before but uh the bundolos okay you know as yeah, so yeah. i did a i did a, a radio show uh with the cast of dr bundolo which mm-hmm. was a sketch comedy show out of vancouver and uh and it was like four days, I think. Um, and they would just come in and just start joking around with each other. And you could tell they really liked each other Mm. and they would make each other laugh very, very hard. And they would make me laugh really, really hard. Mm. And, um, and there was another, uh, girl that was there too, that she was, she was another character in this thing. And it was just like, what the hell is this? (laughs) what the hell is this? You're enjoying your job. Like the idea that you would enjoy your job seemed ridiculous to me. Like ridiculous. Cause my dad hated his job. Yeah. You were, my, my fate was going to be, obviously you go to school get out of school, go to college, uh, figure out what you want to be, yeah. get a job, do that job until you're 65. Yeah. Uh, then you get to retire, mm-hmm. but you're not going to ever like your job. No, you're going to no. work seven. You're going to work five days a week. Um, you're going to work, uh, like, 50 weeks out of the year maybe you know 40 48 if you're lucky Mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah that's gonna be your life and then it was like wait a second they enjoy their job what huh
2: and then (laughs) when when i knew
0: this world was there it was like well no this then what the fuck are you all doing what's wrong with you that you would like oh my god what why don't you work in an office what the hell uh, it just was. Uh, it just ridiculous. And I found more people like that, and I started doing theater sports. And so there was adults there. Mm, yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. It was like, oh, okay. Oh, wait. No, this is a possibility. Oh, wait. Okay. And then it, it was. Yeah, it was a really, uh, it was a really changing experience. But I think up until that point, I literally thought, no, that no one enjoys their job. Why <laughs> would they? It's it's work. Work yeah. is work is awful. Yeah, it's terrible.
1: Yes, I definitely was uh, brainwashed into that into that by my parents for sure.
0: So I can see why you're saying like you don't want to grow up. Like to me, I couldn't wait to grow, I couldn't wait to grow up once I found out about. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once I grow up, I can get out of this house and I can start living this life, mm-hmm. and that's the life that I want to live. Uh, but I can't. I'm stuck at home, and I got to go to this dumb school, and I got to do all this dumb stuff that uh, you know is uh, pointless. And everyone's <laughs> mean, and everyone's angry, and everyone's confused. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, of course I was confused and empty. I was like an empty vessel that could have been filled with anything. And I got filled with the idea of comedy. Well,
1: that's good. That's a good, that's a good thing to fill your vessel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, when I, as a kid growing up, I, I had incredible freedom too. Like my mom and dad, I had no curfew, you know, I had a, I had a paper route. So I had spending money to a degree. I had to give part of it to my mom, but I had some money for myself. And I, uh, you know, so I, there was no, like, to me, there was no, like you know and i didn't i didn't really care for for drinking and 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 i didn't you know i didn't want to smoke or take drugs and all that kind of stuff so that there was no like feeling like i gotta get out of here so i can go get drunk or i can go to like a club and i could go to a club if i wanted to like my mom and dad Mm -hmm. would never have you know i went to bumpers you know so i never um so really there was no like incentive for me to leave you know like I gotta grow up so I can get out there and meet women. Oh yeah, if I met a girl, I could just bring her home. Like there was no there's no, nothing to stop me from doing that, you know. So yeah, it was it was a little different in that way, like for me. So really, yeah, there was no like incentive for me to like grow up or move out of the, out of the house. Yeah, for a I long also wanted time. to
0: live in the city because mm. I didn't drive. Yeah. And so I could if I lived in Vancouver when I finally did move to Vancouver, yeah. The idea that I could just walk to anything was mind blowing to me. <laughs> like I wouldn't have to spend an hour on the bus. Yeah, yeah. To like go to uh, you know anything that I would like, and mm-hmm. I can go to anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was still going to school then, so all my money went into paying for school as well. So I didn't really, I didn't have money for rent. That was another problem for me. So that wasn't wasn't until like I didn't move out until um, Lisa and I. I guess we moved before we were married. We moved in together, but wasn't that wasn't much before we got married. So both of us were still going to school when we we're going out and so it just didn't make sense to to like try and to start spending money we didn't have to to try and have an apartment somewhere you
0: know well if this is if this is too personal just tell me to go to hell sure but like would she be able to stay over at at your parents place
1: she didn't stay over but you know she definitely came over and we had sex and stuff like that so okay there's nothing like i say there's not there's no rule that i couldn't have a girl in my room or whatever so you know we we you know we worked around it
0: yeah that's the thing Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is, that, a little, which is a little different. It's different when you can't wake up together, and then
1: I think that's true. Like it was definitely like such a like great feeling when we started living together. You know, this that we were together all the time, or together yeah. as much as we you know could with our jobs or whatever. I was still going to I was going to Farrier School then, and she was working. But yeah, so we you know we we um we did have that part of it. But you know, before that, it just didn't seem feasible for us that both paying for university and moving out somewhere, just, you know. And then where do we move to, right? Because her, you know, I was going to UBC. She was going to SFU. So we're going to two different schools that are hours. You were rivals,
0: pure rivals. Are pure
1: rivals, that's right. We were hours apart from each other in terms of schools. Um, She, but she worked in Langley. So she, you know, she was teaching horse riding as part of, you know, to, to earn money to go to school. So all her work was centered around her house, you know. And so, and then her horses were at her house. So it was, you know, it was just like, it, it was really like, been so disruptive for her to, to move out for for those reasons and then for me to move even farther away from UBC would have just been a, a nightmare I was already like a couple hours away to, to add another hour to the trip would have just been horrible so yeah there's a lot of logistical things and there was it would it, yeah like I say it would have made no sense for us to move to Vancouver because then she would have had to drive all the way back to Langley to, to do her job mm. so yeah it was just it wasn't it was a no-go all around that way so and I wasn't going to let her go, so that's also a no-go. <laughs> so, Right. You know, yeah. We made it work. Look how great everything is
0: now. It's perfect. Yeah, now you're doing a podcast together. That's right. <laughs> One. <laughs> you did. Oh, did, you, did you plug this podcast already uh, on, on this show today?
1: I believe I did, right? I talked about Fansplainers with Lisa?
0: Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Because
1: I mentioned... Um... Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I I, I talked about a listening party. Okay. Because he, well, here's an interesting thing. I mean, it's it's I'm spoiling listening party for, but anyway, it's okay. The in, in the horse. <laughs>
0: it's okay to spoil a podcast that you do with another podcast you do. It's fine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Cheating. Uh, this was just sort of interesting because in the horse in the gray flannel suit, the daughter in in the movie is played by an actress named Ellen Janov, and it turns out I was gonna I was gonna ask Lisa this during the show, but I, I forgot to, or even, I was gonna mention it as a joke actually. Um, but her dad was Arthur Janov, the creator of primal scream therapy. Which seems so weird, but there you go. Mm, yeah. That is
0: weird. Yeah.
1: But uh I do have a little surprise about her, and I'm not gonna give that away. That'll that'll be on listening party. So you have to listen to listening party to find out a little bit more about Ellen Janoff. All
0: right, very good.
1: But uh, uh so- Yeah, Fansplainers was uh I did with uh Lisa, that was the Horse in the Gray final Suit, but we have done one since then, which was That's true. which was for whatever reason during the episode I keep calling it um bill and ted deface the music but it was actually face the music i don't know how deface the music got into my head but i kept right. saying i kept saying during the show and you must have thought oh dave making a joke out of the title not a joke i actually thought that was the title of the movie
0: <laughs> and, and you know that's what it's listed as in the uh in uh like on itunes right it is yeah oh, i thought i fixed it nope oh well, well at least not on mine if i'm looking at uh, if i'm looking at my podcast oh, thing oh say i was listening to it a little bit uh, earlier let me just take a quick look here and Is see it still uh bill and Ted to the music right oh, there oh my god
1: oh well I'll, I'll try and fix it
0: i thought i thought ah oh, that's interesting you did
1: a little gag on there it <laughs> was not intentional somehow it just went into my head because i i made a joke about it during the show but there's that utopia album Todd Rundgren's Utopia they did a they did an album of beetle like songs called Deface the Music Okay. And uh, and then I had a the hilarious gag of a picture in the back of it of them standing in a field, and it said "Outstanding in their field." And uh, yeah, it was just this weird little album, but yeah, I just kept I, and somehow I conflated the movie and that album for some reason. So these things happen.
0: It, it happens. It's fine. Uh, is it okay to go to our letters now, or is that? Uh, Let's
1: go the... to letters. Yeah, I I I've, I have a strawberry shortcake waiting for me. So
0: uh... fantastic! I've uh, my my wife brought in uh my dinner here and it's been sitting next to me because I thought I could eat this while talking and I went, no I can't. <laughs> so I've been like slowly like I've had four bites of potato salad and like just like been, like just squishing it squishing up, not chewing it. Just so, uh, yeah.
1: Slow eating.
0: Slow eating, really uh, mindful eating. Nice. So our questions last week were what made your summers for you as a kid? Did you have a favorite summer activity or destination? We also asked, what's your favorite book or movie or TV show adaptation? What's your favorite book to movie or TV show adaptation? Sub, sub, sub question of the week. Uh, What are you doing right now? Have you learned to live in the new now? Or are you still apprehensive about leaving the house? Uh, Our friend Nina, who we just talked with on a completely different (laughs) podcast called uh, What's uh, Nina Up To?
2: um,
0: (laughs) Said... uh, Oh, now here's the thing. I don't really remember what what Nina's referring to here. She she says that I think David was thinking of season four of the season four episode. I guess of The Simpsons. Oh,
1: because we were when we were talking about The Simpsons, and I was try, I was trying to remember one with a play in it. And, sure, yeah. And then she suggests, oh, maybe it was one where Marge did a play. I think it was Streetcar Named Desire, right? And yeah, and which if, was
0: called Streetcar, and and that, yeah.
1: And did was this something like the the director of the play falls in love with Marge or something or? I can't remember no, anything.
0: the director of the play was uh, a John Lovett's character who was not in love with Marge. Oh, okay. Uh, in in that one, no, that was a uh, that was one where I think she did she started to have feelings for Ned. Well, Ned was very sexy in that one. I remember that much, <laughs> but it's uh, it's got the, a great song in it. No, a director of a play uh, falling in love with Marge. Yeah, we also talked about yeah American Splendor, sorry of Springfield Splendor one, which again no no love there. Uh, hmm. You What's know, a good guess? But uh, we'll look into it more.
2: Uh,
0: Jada Jackman writes, hey, guys, long time no comment. After being totally lost during your Doctor Sleep The Shining discussion, I decided it's probably time I see it, meaning The Shining. She said The Shinning, which uh, is, uh, you know, uh, the, a Simpsons reference as well. I never watch horror movies, but luckily uh, this was more creepy and less scary. Every camera shot was so beautiful to look at. It really felt like a filmmaker's film. It mm-hmm. really was. Yeah. But man, uh, let's see, uh, filmmaker's film. But man, the ending plot was confusing. Like I thought only people with The Shining uh, could see the people, but Wendy can. Why is Jack limping? Wendy's hand is hurt, uh, not his foot. And why is there a man in a bear costume? Okay, don't look too much into that. So, don't look too much into
1: so that.
0: The... I don't think we'll ever know, or I'll ever know.
1: The psychic, psychic energy of the the hotel is it can make itself known to anyone because Jack also sees uh, spirits in the hotel. He sees the bartender and he also sees the old caretaker. Mm -hmm. So it's not just people with a shining that can see the ghosts. The reason that Jack is limping is because he banged his leg on one of those chairs that keep appearing and disappearing depending which cut, where which cut of the which edit of that scene is being Mm -hmm. shown. Because you know there's constantly furniture appearing and disappearing in rooms as part of uh, Kubrick's unsettling us thing and I think that Jack Nicholson just wasn't looking properly and bumped his leg.
0: And bear costume is a sex thing. Anyway, anyway, back to questions I am uh <laughs> I'm supposed to be answering, as previously mentioned. Uh, I, I live in Pennsylvania, but I'm very close to near New, New oh, Jersey. Oh, uh,
1: do you live in oh. Pennsylvania six five thousand?
0: do 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 very close to New Jersey and then some Spring sneakers. My, wife, my wife's from New Jersey. Uh, nice. So when I was younger, my family would go to the Jersey Shore for vacation. Same with my wife. Uh, my grandparents used to have a summer home down the shore, and we would all spend a couple of weekends there. I really oh, love swimming nice. in the ocean and eating all the junk food from the boardwalk. <laughs> I certainly don't miss the jellyfish that would wash up on shore or the needles. Oh, boy. And then we got a little clip of that, a little news story there. Um, I actually thought... I uh, wouldn't get the chance to go to the shore, but we went on an off day and were, were able to distance. Uh, though the actual water was filled with people very close to each other. I know those people. Uh,
1: the only two Don't trips. Don't worry, the water will wash it away.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe one of those needles uh, will have the
2: vaccine. We'll just <laughs> stab Uh
0: The only two trips I, I've made uh, were that, and one trip I had to take into the city. So I've been quite cautious this summer. I'll be moving soon into Philadelphia, so I imagine I'll get most more used to human interaction. I'm not worried about myself at all, but I really don't want to harm anyone else. That's very kind of you and that's that's the thing that bugs me about all the people who are like, you know, uh you wearing a mask? You're, you're a coward. It's like it's not, <laughs> it's not about the person wearing the, the person wears the mask to protect others. Yeah. That's yeah. why they do it. Uh yeah.
1: I was yeah. really, I was really hardened today. I went to the, the grocery store to pick up some lunch items, and I would say ninety nine percent of the people there were wearing masks. I think there was one person I saw without a mask on. Uh,
0: a friend and, of mine's I don't want to counter that with a bad story, but I'm well, please to, don't. Um, uh, my friend's mom, who is uh, a talented person in her own right, and uh, uh, her name's Ellie King. There we go. Uh, she's not. Why not? She Ellie, King? Yeah, know, Ellie King. I know.
1: I know Ellie King, but weirdly through. Uh, Through um, Mike Mike Roberts.
0: Okay, yeah, she's an she's an actor as well. Yes, um, she was at the Great Canadian Superstore, and there was a um, an anti-mask protest that was going on there. Oh, uh,
1: brother, with people,
0: and and she was uh, trying to kind of talk to them, and they were (laughs) uh, they were dopes.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can Uh, talk to those people. Nope, I don't think that's Uh, they're not there for they're not there for debate.
0: Um, my thing on this now, whenever that comes up, is I just go, "Don't be a nut." There's no time for you to be in that right now. That. <laughs> and then if they keep uh, keep on, I'll just put up pictures of uh, planters, Mister Peanut, and just don't be a <laughs> nut. Don't have time for this right now. Later, later, be, 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 be a nut later.
1: But would you confront someone in a store if you saw them without a mask on?
0: No, because I don't know specific- Okay, here's the thing. Are they doing something that uh, would endanger others? Like they're getting too close to others, mm. that kind of thing. Like just not wearing a mask. There are reasons you could yeah. not wear. As long as they're
1: That's as long, long as they're exploiting. maintaining six feet, I, I I don't sweat it.
0: But if they're like loudly talking at like an employee with a blah 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 or something like that, they'd be like, whoa, yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> back it up. But if they're endangering yeah. another person actively with their you know spittle and you know aerosol and all that, then yeah, you gotta go like. Hey, six feet, bub! Come on, let's move <laughs> her back. Let's move her way back. Let's get it. Let's get it back. Yeah, I probably, I probably would. Um, cool. Todd writes, a favorite book to movie adaptation. Speaking of Lovecraft, in two thousand and five, a group called the HP Lovecraft Historical Society did a short film adaptation of The Call of Cthulhu, filmed as if it were made during the nineteen twenties uh, when Lovecraft originally wrote the story. So it's a black and white silent movie hmm. with German expressionist sets and when Cthulhu appears at the end, he's depicted via stop-motion animation like the original King Kong. It gives everything a suitably surreal atmosphere and helps skip over the fact there's not really much actual dialogue in the original story, and for my money, it's still the most effective direct adaptation of a Lovecraft story. Hmm. So there we go. Yeah, uh, down.
1: yeah they're, I guess they're they're hard to do. I was talking with Mary about Color Out of Space, the Richard Stanley adaptation of a Lovecraft story, and she was saying that the original story is... Told kind of from the, like a kind of told from the uh, point of view of people talking about it as a past event, mm. and so you're getting various points of view of the story, but you're not getting the actual story of the people that experienced it, okay. which is kind of w- works in a works in a novel, like works in a short story, I guess, but it doesn't really work in a movie. You need to have like the visceral experience of the characters to make the movie, you know, engine work. And I thought it was a very successful adaptation. Uh, you know, it's very creepy, and it has a really horrifying part in it that's just horrible, but, you know, very effective. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she enjoyed it as well. I, cool. It's on Netflix right now if people want to see it.
0: All right. Uh, Regis writes, hi. Hi, Regis. Uh, summer equals tractors. All right. Well, the math <laughs> checks out. That's true. Uh, I spent several years sitting on tractor fenders uh, before being able to drive them. And oh, boy, did I love driving tractors. I collected them, too. Not real ones, but die-cast models. Uh, got something like 100. Wanted to be a farmer and being realistic and taking into account my passion wasn't nearly only for tractors. I was uh, going to make some agricultural uh, mechanics studies. But that was not very realistic to my family. So I became an IT engineer. After all, computers are the 21st century tractors. <laughs> Everyone says that. Everyone says that. <laughs> so commonly. of yeah i'd like to get a mac uh, computer oh you mean uh, like a tractor
1: <laughs> yes you know the mac computer is the john deere of computers
0: absolutely uh and i got a collection of them too 20 or something like that computers uh mines uh plus uh the ones i bought back in the 90s uh mines plus the ones i bought back in the 90s those i uh, couldn't afford 10 years before 8-bit computers Uh, with whopping 16 kilobytes of memories. Oh,
1: man. How I remember my SE30 with a whopping 40 megabyte hard drive.
0: I'm trying to remember in the movie Johnny Mnemonic, Mm -hmm. uh, Cameron Reeves, how much he had in his head, but it was like a a very little amount
1: compared
0: to... That tracks. It was like, you know, 60 kilobytes in my head. <laughs> um all the collectibles are are known in card Are all the collectibles are, are now in cardboards but i'm still able to tell the brand of pretty much any tractor several hundred meters away maybe huh? i i'm sort of a superhero with a useless power <laughs> anyway <laughs> hey you know what there's lots of that's a pretty good power
1: yeah that's pretty good actually
0: yeah um for uh the best tv show adaptation uh for uh literally good omens Clear, simple, and direct adaptation of a very funny book. Very good cast, too. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Close ones, uh, but more on the essence. uh, The Corner and uh, Generation Kill. I'm a big fan of David Simon. After seeing The Wire, which was a revelation, best show ever, I read the raw material, Homicide and The Corner, the two uh, Simon's books. Uh, Then recently I watched The Corner, which is very close to the book, and just finished Homicide. Which connection with the book is more anecdotal? Both of them are great shows. The acting is phenomenal for both. Uh, in case for a second, at the point uh, during uh, the two crossovers with uh, Order and Law and Order, the difference of acting level between the two casts is obvious. It's more about the style and actor directing the shows, but it reflects on the acting when put together. Yeah, that was very strange when Law and Order. And Homicide crossed over, because Homicide it was a very different uh, type of show than Law and Order, just the straight procedural. Homo- yeah. Yeah. It was very strange to me when Munch moved uh, from uh, Homicide yes. to Law and Order. Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and uh, he had to become a very different character. And then, of course, he was on X-Files. Then, of course, he was on Sesame Street. Then, of course, he was on Arrested Development. Munch is in a lot of things.
1: And then, of course, the other character from Homicide moved to Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: Ah, that's not true. Um, Did
1: you know that for... Witt Stillman directed an episode of Homicide?
0: No. Nope.
1: It's true. It's the one that features Christopher Eigemann. That's you. <laughs> okay. A common uh, Witt Stillman actor.
0: Yeah, that was, a, that was a very good series. For Generation Kill, I saw the show, then read the uh, Evan Wright's book, and the adaptation is close. Then recently, I rewatched the show, uh, discovered that one of the characters, Dr. Nathaniel uh, Fick, in real life, had written a book, One Bullet Away, on his military career in the Marines, in which he tells the same story from his point of view. So I reread Generation Kill. It's a great experience to compare an adaptation of uh, the book and compare both uh, with another point of view. Same story, but not the same details, or not always. And uh, all three are uh, telling a great lot about America. Uh, The men who uh, make the army and the absurdity of modern war truly enlightening. As for the sub 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 uh, maybe sub answer, uh, no problem getting back into the street when I'm not forgetting to put on this fucking mask. He didn't say fucking, but uh, <laughs> there were cartoon uh, things there, so I'm assuming. Uh, in Paris, I find that people are respecting the bearing, uh, but uh, but the law uh, authorizes you at. Uh, But as the law authorizes, at lunch, you see a bunch of colleagues eating together and sitting next to each other without, obviously, the mask in close spaces. So, but it's uh, authorized so well, no problem. (laughs) Uh, For me, the mask is more a reminder of the present crisis than a sanitary requirement, as nobody can really tell how the virus propagates itself. And in this case, uh, always apply a simple uh, prophylactic solution. Uh, if it's doing no good, it's not doing any harm. Yeah, I feel like it is probably doing good, but okay. Personally, I'm getting uh, out, uh, getting some burnout, which has uh, coincided with the start of the pandemic. So it had been a very, very uh, peculiar period. And I lost my job in the process. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, but bad. the forced uh, vacation uh, that has ensued were a relief. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so my turn. Oh, he's turning the tables on us, Dave.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: I have a question for you two and for listeners, men and women. I'm going to throw in and non-binary people as well. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, Do you think that you have achieved full-grown adult status? Well, this is interesting compared to uh, dealing with what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, for example, David uh, said uh, his father was not too into movies, but a lot of us uh, still play video games, read comics, have uh, hobbies related to toys like RC modeling. The generation before us Uh, I'm roughly the same age as you, I think, uh, would be uh, passionate uh, by the cinema as a cultural thing, good excuse, but less prone to more childish hobbies. And uh, I don't even talk about the grandparents. Their hobbies were gardening, which was a way of getting something to eat, repairing stuff, mostly their own homes. Uh, I know it's not completely true, but if they had real hobbies, different than sport or fishing, uh, most of them kept them private. Okay. We're throwing this question. This will be one of our questions then this week. Sure. Is do you feel you have achieved full grown adult status? Okay. Uh, I'm going to read the rest of this letter, then we can answer that question. At some times, I still feel like a child, and I had my own company, so it's not in terms of responsibilities. Uh, does the uh, modernity do the same thing to us that we did uh, to our pet? keeping them partly with infant behavior. Cats still meows when living with humans, which is a behavior they normally only have with their mothers. What do you think? Well, first of all, uh, cats only meow with people. Uh, they don't actually meow with their mothers. But okay, um, uh, as always, excuse my French. Uh, excuse our English. Um, okay, do you think you have achieved full-grown adult status? Talking to me? Oh wow, I don't have to start a fight about it, but
1: yeah. <laughs> you talking to me? Uh I was just wondered if you're reiterating the question. Uh well, yes, I do think I've achieved full adult status as, in as much as we can as, as humans. Like I know, you know, my mom is old, but she's also for many years now worked with older people because she works. she volunteers in a thrift store, a hospital auxiliary thrift store. So there's a lot of retired people who who volunteer. I know there's some ladies there who have said, you know, it said to me you know like just saying like how quickly time goes and that they still feel like teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know like to them they still feel like teenagers it's only outside of themselves that they are old. And I so I don't think that's a new feeling the idea that we're not wholly grown. I but I do think that they came from a generation that did not talk about that to other people, didn't talk about it out loud that you just played your role and you you didn't question, you know you didn't put out questions about how what the role you're playing meant or what it what it you know, you know what I mean, right? So, but you know, I I own a house. I have children. I've raised two two beautiful daughters. I've been married, you know, longer than I've been alive. No, wait, I've been married longer than I haven't been married. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I've been, I have been, uh, I have, uh, I pay my taxes. You know, like all these sort of adult quote unquote adult things. You know, and the fact that I, you know, still enjoy t- reading reading, whether it's reading comic books or reading books, or um, watching movies or w- whatever I do, I don't think those make you a child. You know, I think you can be childish about them, but that's totally separate from are you, you know, being, you know, are you an a- are you an adult? You know, people can be ad- bad ad- bad adults just as so they can be bad children, you know. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I've made that successful step. What do you think? I think you have too, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's it depends what you, consi- like, when you say full-grown adult, my problem with that hmm. is, okay, so you're a full-grown adult. Then what happens? Like, can you grow more as an adult if you're a full-grown adult? Like, is the next stage death? Like, is the next stage, you know, now you're an old person and now, uh, you know... You're no, just no, I don't think that's what he's
1: talking about. I think he's talking about... Well, this about... is what I
0: wonder, because yeah. this is the thing. I don't think there's ever a full... Like, you're I'm, like, I'm a grown adult. Yes. Yes, you are a grown adult. Right. I don't think it ever... I don't think the glass ever becomes full of, you know, now you're a full-grown adult you're fully an adult yeah I because I I I feel like I mean I've just started doing a whole bunch of stuff you know like there's just so so much that's still going on that's Mm. still still growing still changing like I'm a very different person than I was 10 years ago you know I've and so I would have definitely thought like oh you're an adult in your 40s yeah you're a full-grown adult but I'm not the same adult that I am now I, I mean I think I I have more empathy I have like other things going on that I uh and it wasn't fully grown, you know it's, again it's a, it's the definition of fully grown, you know because uh, that feels like it's, it's something is complete, and I don't think that our growth is ever complete. you know it's so like it would be like a plant in the backyard and just going like that is a fully grown plant, but it's going to keep growing, it's going to keep growing. You know, it hasn't reached the, the the top, and now it's just going to start wilting over. And now we're move we're moving on. Maybe I'm a little in a bit of denial about stuff like that, and you don't want to, you know, admit that the next stage is not the most pleasant one. But I think, uh I,
1: I think it, uh, I think go i, uh, I got to say Regis because he's French. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he is referencing the the kind of commonly held idea now that this generation is immature because. We like to play video games. We like to watch movies. We like to instead of like being like our parents, who are very seemed very chore oriented, you know. Whereas my mom and dad, you know, it's summertime, time to get out the paintbrushes and repaint the fence, you know. Summertime, time to get out the the house, the stain and stain the house, you know. This, you know, every weekend, cut the lawn, you know. There's all these tasks that are important to do, and then when those are done, then you can sit down in the evening. At five o'clock and watch hockey night in Canada or whatever. And then, and then you, you know, you, then the next day you get up and you go to work. You know what I mean? Like, the sort of like the idea that becoming an adult means that you put away childish things, that you put away the idea of having fun now and life just becomes like a, a, like a hard grind. Right. You know, and I think that if that's being an adult, then fuck being an adult. But I don't, but I think that, you know, I think that we've made, we've improved, you know, that the idea of like, life has improved to the point now where it isn't like a constant grind. Like we don't have to be like people in the Victorian era when, yeah, life was a grind. Like, you know, doing the laundry was like a day long, you know, or, or week long weekly chore chore that you did, you know, cooking was a, was a, was laborious. Like everything you did was laborious, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not, that's not that it's not that way anymore for us. So, you know, we can, we have like some leisure time to devote to ourselves. And we do that in any way we choose, you know, and some people do in ways that I wouldn't choose to do. You know, I'm not a video game player, for instance, but I enjoy watching movies, you know, and when I have a moment to sit down, I will watch a movie or I'll read a book or listen to music or whatever I like to do. And, you know, so, but I don't think that makes you less of an adult, you know, like to me being an adult is accepting your role in life as an adult, whatever that role is, you know? So, you know, uh, it fell to me that I became a father you know, it felt to me that I became an employee of other people. And so I do those things as diligently as I can to the best of my ability. And, you know, that is, that to me is, you know, facing your responsibilities as an adult, you know, and I would say the same thing about you, what, you know, things have fallen to to you that are sort of your line in life. And you do those things to the best that you can, you know, and you don't just slap it out or you know just take the easy way you know you 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 do the best that you can right and those yeah. are those are adult choices uh those aren't choices that we could have made as children necessarily because we wouldn't have had the stick to 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 or the follow-through necessarily because it's hard as kids to maintain your focus for for long on things and you know as you grow older you have to sort of train yourself you know not only do you develop work muscles you know the ability to lift boxes and do things that you couldn't have done as a teenager in your twenties. After working for several years, you begin to get you begin to develop those sort of work muscles. But also, we we get like sort of work muscles in our brain as well that give us the ability to like you know sit down and grind out something you know and, and finish it even though it's oh, I don't want to I don't want to do my taxes, but you gotta do I guess,
0: it. Yeah, I guess I feel uh, uh, that I see again because we're uh, we have Facebook. I can see people I know who are my age mm-hmm. from high school and you know other things that I've done and I can it's like so many of them I see and it just looks like they're winding down <laughs> like really like that feels like they're okay I've done the stuff and there we go and then they just are starting winding down and maybe I'm judging them but but it just seems to be the kind of things that they they've taught they're talking about and I don't feel like that I feel like Oh, there's there's some really good stuff coming. Even though we're in a pandemic, things are hard. There's a lot of there's a lot of really hard shit going on right mm-hmm. now. But I I am you know excited about whatever happens next, and I feel like I'm still growing. And I don't think of that as in like a midlife crisis way. I think it is just like, no, I'm just still interested in stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in whatever happens next. I'm interested in the next thing that, that comes up, you know. Uh, I'm not a big music person, but I don't mind new music. I, I'm interested in whatever the next movies are. I'm interested in the next comics. I'm interested in the next video games. I'm interested in the next plays. I'm interested in, you know, what what's, what's, what's going on next. That's something I really do, you know, ca- care about. And, you know, maybe sometimes you do get taken aback by your age and go like, Oh, Oh, I should not bring that up because um, <laughs> it's strange to people. And it feels, it feels like it's means something different to other people. But, uh, but then other people I know just seem to be like, just the things they're complaining about seems feel like old person complaints. You know, it's like, you know, young people are disrespectful and this stuff and this stuff. And it's like, Yeah, they're like, they always are. Everyone was. And yeah, just like, (laughs) that's sort of how I feel about that. So I feel, I guess I'm not completely grown. I'll let you know when I am. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, you uh, listeners, let us know. Are you completely grown yet? Dave and I had two different viewpoints on what that meant. What do you think it means? And what do you, what do you say? Um, Our buddy, can I, is it okay to move on to the next slide? If you want. All right. Just uh, if you had anything else to say on that uh, subject, that I was uh, open to it because I'm a very mature person.
1: Um, <laughs> I was just going to, I was just going to just going to say that I think you are di- making a different, making a distinction between different types of personality, but
0: that's okay. Po- possibly. Possibly. I guess I, here's the thing that I, and again, I'm being, I'm being completely honest. Like when, when I see the people that I know that kind of get into that headspace, um, it. it's, they don't seem to do well at that point. They don't seem to, the, the, ne- the next stage seems to be like a post that I see where, you know, they're in the hospital, where there's something <laughs> going on. You know what I mean? Like, okay. they're just like, there's just this, hmm, you yeah. know, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I'm, again, I'm being uh, being that kind of guy. Uh, judgmental. Boo. I, I need to grow <laughs> up some more.
1: I love that character from Judge Dredd.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Louise writes, I guess it's no coincidence that at some point in every episode, I tell the characters in Lovecraft uh, Country to get out.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Now that I've seen the first three episodes, it looks like the show's formula is to match up an evil of racism with a different horror trope, minor spoilers, segregation and monsters in the woods, wealth based on slave labor and a magic cult, medical experimentation and a haunted house. Uh, I find it a little clunky stylistically when they shift between scenes of real danger of living in racist society, and scenes of supernatural horror. But I like that the vengeance on the wrongdoers comes in the form of the monsters the system created itself. Uh, so come for the maulings, burnings, and decapitations, but stay for the themes of empowerment and social justice. It's a, it's a good uh, logline.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the series as well. Third The third episode, uh, I was like, yeah! Um, I thought I that the HBO it, yeah. series... What's that, sir?
1: I haven't watched it yet. That's good. I think I think uh,
0: you'll enjoy it when you see it. Uh, I thought the HBO series Little Big Lies was a great adaptation of Australian writer uh, Leanne Moriarty's novel. Stars Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman, uh, who were co-executive producers, along with screenwriter David E. Kelly and director uh, Jean-Marc Vallée. Uh, The female cast members uh, got most of the attention, but the male cast is equally strong, especially Alexander uh, Skarsgard as a bad husband and Ian Armitage as a sensitive boy, a character so different from his young Sheldon that you realize uh, what a gifted actor he is. Yes, he is. Uh, he used to review plays as well on Facebook. And I really enjoyed that. Just like this little kid who would just come out of a play and just tell you about the play. And it was so good. And I'm just going to tell you about it. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's great. I really like that kid. Not enough to watch young Sheldon, but uh, I do like him. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward Dragansky writes, uh, but not the last letter. So uh, The best summers in my mind were the ones where I was old enough to watch my brother while my folks worked. Our activities all started on foot, uh, whether we were hiking in the field at the end of the neighborhood or walking down the street to the Toys R Us, we were always walking somewhere. We had a pool at the end of the other side of the neighborhood, which my mom bought us season passes to, so when it was too hard hot to walk somewhere, we could go swimming. It seemed like everything we needed was within a short walking distance. We had our pick of two different movie theaters uh, where we could walk to uh, from home. I lost count of how many times we saw The Empire Strikes Back during the summer of 1980. Still the hottest Texas summer on record. Usually around July 4th, uh, we would uh, usually plan a road trip to Chicago to visit family. The drive took us through the Ozarks and maybe Memphis so we could see Graceland. This was a perfect summer template for me as a kid. That sweet spot where you had responsibility but didn't need to get a job yet. I worked at Lone Star Comics during the entire run of Alan Moore's Watchmen comic series. We used to sit in the store and uh, hypothetically imagine how something like Watchmen could ever be filmed, much less work into a single movie. When Zack Snyder adapted the challenge to bring Watchmen to life in 2009, I made a silent vow to myself. I said that if this works, and I really wanted Watchmen to work, I would never complain about any other comic or superhero film from that point on. My two college roommates, who I turned into fellow Watchmen fans by bringing the graphic novel to our dorms, agreed to meet me in Dallas for the premiere of the film. We had agreed years before, uh, when we were in college together, that if Watchmen were ever made into a film, we would see it together for the first time. So opening day, 2009, one roomie drove up from Houston and the other drove in from north of Dallas and we all saw Watchmen together. It was great enough to keep my vow and even though the ending was uh, changed to work better as a film, I still consider Watchmen the most faithful comic adaptation into film. Uh, how about the worst comic adaptation to film film adaptation? Any come to mind? Howard the Duck uh, came way before Watchmen, so my vow doesn't apply retroactively.
2: <laughs> this could be our
0: second question. Um, worst comic to film adaptation, and I uh, will answer it at the end of your letter. Uh, my office is still trying to form a plan of When to return to work again, it seems like whenever they get close to a plan, someone uh, gets sick or is in contact with someone who's tested positive. So we have to push out the date to return even more. A lot of kiddos are being sent home from college down here. Both mine are safe and out of the dorms, thankfully, as much as uh, everyone wants it back to normal. I fear uh, becoming a way of life with no uh, turning. I fear it's becoming a way of life with no turning back. I hope I'm wrong, but it's proven to be the safest way of life uh, this far. I hope that is not the case as well. Um, Worst film, uh, comic-to-film adaptation. Dave, what do you think?
1: Oh, you go first. I I have to think about this.
0: All right, I've got one. Um, Vampirella. Vampirella with Roger Daltrey as the villain. Let me... uh, (laughs) I'm not
1: not familiar with this one.
0: You are unfamiliar with this one, are you? doesn't
1: sound great.
0: You are a very, very, very lucky man. Um... (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's got him in basically a Dracula cape going and just like running around at the end. Just like just running, just running and hissing. And it's just it's so insanely, insanely cheap. <laughs> it, it Maybe it'd be a fun mystery science theater type thing, mm. but it looks like the budget was uh, was nothing. Was it 1996? Uh, yeah, we go. OK, starring uh, Tales of Soto as Vampirella and Roger Daltrey. That's right. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm just going to read you a plot. Here's the plot. Okay. Um, 30 centuries ago, on the distant distant planet of Draculon, uh, lies a civilized vampire society, drinks synthetic blood uh, that flows through rivers on the planet. Harmony harmony is interrupted when Vlad, this is Roger Daltrey, rebel vampire, prefers the practice of sucking blood because he's a traditionalist
2: (laughs) <laughs> uh, you
0: know, uh, uh, ends with his accomplices uh, you know, the lives of all the, uh, the Council of Elders who govern Draculon flees to Earth in order to create a race of vampires with their own ideals and traditional blood-sucking values um, and uh, so uh, Vampirella uh, goes to stop him and they fight uh, let's see, that's right uh, during the journey uh, she is forced to stay on Mars for a while And meanwhile, uh, remains in uh, deep lethargy. Uh, A long time later, she's found by astronauts and taken to Earth. uh, Begins to do everything possible to reach Vlad, who is now in Vegas and pretends to be a singer named Jamie Blood. Uh, In its eagerness, it coincides with a special uh, police unit responsible for trapping extraterrestrial beings that intend to damage the Earth. What? What? So, she calls herself Vampirella, uh, intends to continue with her revenge plan, but then allies herself with a special unit, fights Vlad and his vampires to save humanity. Uh, And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, there's a lot of chasing around.
1: Sorry, who plays Vampirella? uh,
0: It is uh, Talisa uh, Soto. Hmm. Uh, She was also in License to Kill as uh, Lupe Lamora. Uh, She's a model. She was in Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation as well. It, don't worry about it; it's okay. Uh, but just <laughs> adults running around is really just a hell of a thing.
1: Well, he kind of runs around in listomania. I guess it's just uh, part of his. Yeah. Do, his...
0: Do, you, uh, do you do you have a, a bad adaptation?
1: A bad adaptation. I guess I will. I guess I'll bookend two adaptations that are that are are bad. One I think is bad is is the adaptation of oh, I can't remember the author's name now, but Daybreak. Um, which was a three issue uh, kind of zombie outbreak comic. Okay. That's quite enjoyable because it's entire, it's the whole premise of it is that you are accompanying the lead character through this story. And so he's kind of like, the story opens and it's kind of like him meeting you and he's like, hey, hey, buddy, come on, we got to run, we got to go. And you're just like with him all the time through this pell mell racing, trying to escape zombies the whole time. And yeah. it never stops. And it's really quite fun. It's three books long and i can't think of the guy's name brian something i think and and uh they did it they they did an adaptation to netflix and they dropped like the whole idea of it being like your point of view with this person being your guide through this through this world like all that it just became like a normal zombie thing and it's just i didn't really watch it to be honest with you i just least lisa was watching it and i watched a little bit of it and i just threw my arms up like this isn't even like the book which was so good so that would be like an example of a bad one. Another terrible one to me is the uh Sylvester Sloan Judge Dread. Made okay. all, all the worse because the movie Dread is my favorite adaptation of a comic book character. I love uh I love Dread.
0: Very different films, yeah, for sure. Like one of the first things, takes off the helmet. Boo! <laughs> yeah, right. Not Dredd. Not Dredd.
1: <laughs> no, they get they just seem to get the spirit of the, the books, you know, and just kinda like the hard I know, I just I just like it. I even like the ending where he's, you know, like Where Anderson, the psychic uh, cop, working with him, she like thinks she's failed, but to him, she's like she's passed because she proved her mettle in combat, you know, and through this whole situation, and like she couldn't possibly have failed, even though she had her gun stolen from her. Like he's, she's, she passes, you know.
0: I would like uh, to just do a quick montage, even though it'd be too spoilery, (laughs) of just comic book uh, moments movie moments that you just go boo <laughs> and one is just like Judge Strat taking off the helmet.
2: Boo <laughs> Superman snapping
0: the neck. Boo <laughs> Alfred letting Vicky Vale into the like, eh? Oh, Berk!
1: that's terrible. Mm. What What's wrong a, with you? What a bad Alfred.
0: Yeah, that you had one job. <laughs> Keep people What part of secret identity didn't you get? Oh that's okay. You just told the reporter. Yeah. Anyway, why don't you go talk to Lois Lane? Tell her something. Mm. Um Matt oh, Phillips writes. Oh sorry, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say how about the cat scratching out uh, Nick Fury's eye. <laughs> Boo.
0: And him being like, Oh, silly cat. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Matt Phillips it's Bound writes, to happen. Hey Ian and Dave. Hey, uh first thing on the subject of Scottish takeaway food, you need to check out uh munchie boxes. I did check out munchie boxes. What the hell, man? Did you see munchie boxes, Dave?
1: No, I did not see this. Sorry. They're okay.
0: these snack boxes. So, a munchie box, this yeah. would be something you get in a munchie box. Yeah. It's it's substantial. Okay. 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 So, uh, the munchie box picture they got here has, and going clockwise from the top, uh, a mini pizza. Mm. Okay. Then yeah. we're doing french fries. Yeah. Then we're doing pakora, vegetable pakora. Okay. And then we're doing a, a chicken pakora. Mm. Then we got a tub of sauce. Yeah. Then we got salad. And then we got do air meat. Mm. That's your munchie box. Yeah. Fill yeah. up. Philip, you can also substitute in chow mein noodles, uh, onion rings, uh, samosas, chicken tikka, uh, naan bread, garlic bread, coleslaw, chips, fried rice. Uh, There's a healthy option. That would be tortillas, cherry tomatoes, salad, boiled eggs, um, red onions, and uh, nachos, uh, a little chicken mayo, sprinkling of cheese, and some other healthy foods. How is chicken mayo healthy? But okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. okay. Okay, I'm looking at it now.
0: Yeah, it's a heck of a thing.
1: Holy cow. Yeah. I love it. That's a,
0: that's a munchie box.
1: That is great. That's something
0: that uh, Three Dog Dedrick might enjoy.
1: Um, <laughs> Whoever he is. Second,
0: secondly, one of my favorite uh, book adaptations is About a Boy by Nick Hornby. Uh, I've always enjoyed the film, and especially the soundtrack uh, by Badly Drawn Boy. I also really enjoyed that film. Did not that's enjoy a movie. the TV series as mm. much.
1: That's amazing. That movie is directed by the same guys who did American Pie. Hmm.
0: And I have uh, finally uh, bought my first Sparks book for my son, and I read it to him at bedtime. Both really enjoying it. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Matt. Appreciate that. We are. All right. This is the time where I plug the book. This is the time <laughs> where I plug the
2: book.
1: Time to plug uh, the book. Time to it. plug the book. Mm-hmm. Time, time to the plug the book. book. Sorry, we don't have time for you What's to that? plug
0: the book. Just Next the letter. Open the door and doesn't uh, know to let us in or give us money. <laughs> you just wants to leave. Okay. God, bless ye merry gentlemen, let
1: nothing father, you dismay. Remember, Christ the, Christ Christ the Savior, Christ Savior Christ. was born this Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power. I'm Satan's I'm power? That seems pretty.
0: Um. Yes. Uh. Th- listen, we did a book. It's called, uh, we did two books. We did a book called Sparks. Hmm. uh which is still available in bookstores it is uh written by me colored by David and drawn by our friend Nina Matsumoto much like the uh follow up book Sparks Double Dog Dare which just came out uh a couple of weeks ago uh and is the number well uh it's number 4 now was number 2 now it's number 4 but there's some really good books that have bumped it uh, uh <laughs> number 4 uh children's uh kids can uh, kids book in uh Canada uh, and, uh, yeah, you can get it on, you know, Amazon or you can get it at your local bookstore. It's available in almost all bookstores. Uh, it's called Sparks Double Dog Dare. And uh, why not? Go check that out. If you want to uh, go to our website for that, that's sparkscomic.com. And there you can get some Sparks, some merch, some shirts. Uh, you can get masks because that's when we live is the time now where you would wear uh, that kind of mask. Uh, and, yeah, they're uh, they're, they're fun. We, uh, Nina's designed some uh, very cool um, shirts and stuff for that. Uh, our friend Chris Roberts writes: "James and the Giant Peach was a great adaptation." I agree with that, but is it a comic book, Chris? Is it?
1: Is we, it? we didn't say comic book. We said book oh, two. Sorry. We said book two. Oh,
0: sorry, book as well. Uh, Chris, I really have to take back my attitude there. <laughs> you better. I think I've got a lot of growing up. to do. I think
1: you better time. You start acting more like an adult, sir.
0: But I did like the yeah. The uh, animation was really uh, really
1: good. good, and then the the uh, Randy Newman songs were also good. Okay. Apparently, so, uh, apparently, yes, sir. They hired originally had hired Andy Partridge to do uh, music for that movie, but for whatever reason, he did not work out on the project. So they brought in Randy uh, Newman.
0: Stage, stage right.
1: That's what he said.
0: Okay. Uh so is there any letters uh, that are not uh, on our website?
1: Yeah, we just got one letter this week. All right. This is from Mark Darbrowski, and Mark wrote and. He said, I thought you guys might want to see this from the American press. And What he sent was uh, a obit for Joe Ruby, who was one of the co-creators of Scooby-Doo. Mm. So I guess he recently passed away. And there's an article. I will, I will put it on the site so people can look at it there. Okay. But it's an article about Joe Ruby and his career and his family and the fact that he got no money at all doing Scooby-Doo. Oh. Uh, he was merely work for hire at Hanna-Barbera. And so.
0: it's uh, a very familiar story.
1: A very familiar story. Yes, a very familiar, unfortunate story. I hope that he did get a a little bit of money for the various adaptations, because apparently at some point, I mean, I guess the Simpsons will pass it, but it 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 had more episodes than the Simpsons at one point for uh, as a show. I I guess I guess I guess I up in, you... no no I guess what they meant was up until the Simpsons it held the it held spot as t- most episodes of an animated show.
0: I wonder if you were to be fair and were to count. Uh, the Scooby-Doo uh, follow-up shows, uh, because there have been many, many Scooby-Doo follow-up shows. Yeah, yeah.
1: One uh, of them, one of them, also yeah. created by Ruby and Spears, which was, uh, was it called like Sna- Dynamat? No, Snagglejaw or something like that, or
0: okay. Well, Dynamat was as well. Uh, oh, okay, Dynamut, okay. Dynamat the Dog Wonder was uh, also created. Um, Barclays, Hound Houndcats, Jabberjaw. We're
1: Jabberjaw, that's about. what I was thinking about. Yeah. We're gonna forget
0: about Jabberjaw. Um, uh, but yeah. They uh, they did that. They also uh, produced uh, yeah, Oh Thunder the Barbarian, mm-hmm. uh, the Mister T show, uh, so 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 many more, many, many 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 more things. So good on them. But uh, my God, there's a lot of Scooby Doo. Holy moly, <laughs> so many so many uh, TV shows. Uh, just never uh, yeah. Oh my God, so many Scooby Doo shows. Oh, it's ridiculous.
1: Worst yeah. one is obviously the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo.
0: Even though it's got uh, Vincent Price, so you'd think like that'd be a redeeming feature, but it is not, unfortunately. Nope, not at all. Oh my! <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for that. Was there anything else in the letter?
1: No, that's all. This the uh, said said thought you guys might like to see this, and he sent us along the obit. bit. So thank oh, you very okay. much, Mark. Then, I appreciate that.
0: Then our two questions, our two questions, as requested by uh, our listeners, are: uh, Do you consider yourself a fully grown adult? And uh, what does that mean? Let's define that. And also, what is the worst comic adaptation, comic book adaptation? I will also accept for that comic strip adaptation. I'm looking at you, second Garfield movie. (laughs) All right. So you you make the call. Back to you, Dave.
1: Back to me. Well, everyone, I just want to say one thing. If I want to get this show out by midnight, I better end it now. So I'm going to try. Going to really try to get this show out there. So, if you uh, want to contact us to answer these questions, you may do so in the following ways. You can go to our website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. There, you will find our shows. You will find underneath each show a place for you to leave comments. Please do so. We really do enjoy reading them. If you are a private type person, you may email us your answers or questions or comments at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. That's SneakyD at sneaky com, we are on twitter at sneaky underscore dragon we are on facebook at sneaky dragon and we have a tumblr page don't forget we're also on patreon where you can support us with a little bit of money a dollar a month would help us immensely thank you very much all right there you go ian what do you think about that pretty efficient hey
0: i think that's swell dave (laughs) and remember to listen to us on that other podcast um Pots and pans.
1: Pots and pans. Pots and panels.
0: We'll put a link up. You'll, you'll see
1: it. it will be fine. Those will come out for a little while. So uh, and, and we we'll put will put a link up when it comes up. Yeah. We will let you know. And you can listen to Ian, David, and Nina discuss their work on Sparks. We were all very erudite and sounded very knowledgeable. And all were pretending because we are not actually adults.
2: Duh.
1: <laughs> all right, everyone. We'll see you in a week. Bye. All right, let's get a bit of silence. And anytime you want to start.
2: I
0: think it's you, isn't
1: it? Oh, was it me? I'm sorry, anytime I want to start. Four fifty
0: seven. Yeah. So for, yeah, four fifty seven, so it's you.
1: Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll I guess I'll start the show. Yeah. Episode four ninety seven. Ja. Ja. Wait, no. Four fifty seven. Four ninety seven. <laughs> Only three shows till the five hundredth episode? We didn't huh? plan. <laughs> All right. Here we go.